You are listening to a piece of the Salasin.10 podcast area. You are listening to a piece of the Salasin.10 podcast area. Thank you for that roaring round of applause. Be reminded that's only just the beginning. We have a fantastic day ahead. It is indeed going to be wonderful. Yes, folks, MYDD is back this year, bigger and better, as well as being part of the itinerary for KL Converge 2016. This is the coolest event. Now I've been told there are many familiar faces here and I'm happy to see that but I'm also quite excited to see many new faces as well. I know some of you have come from far so we have participants locally as well as those who have come from around the region. Now this is of course just the beginning but what this means ladies and gentlemen is that MYDD is growing and gaining interest from each and every one of you, year upon year, we have more enthusiastic participants. So once again, give yourselves a round of applause for being here. Now, behind every great event, there are always the wonderful organizers and sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, this fourth hackathon has been brought to you passionately by MCNC with the firm support and encouragement of the amazing AT. Let's hear it for MCMC and AT&T who's made this event possible today. I know a lot of hard work and effort and love has been put into this event. Participants, I hope you're as excited as the organizers, the sponsors, supporters, and me. 24 hours in a day, they say, is all we have. But 24 hours can change your life. It's 24 hours today to create an outstanding now it's all in your hands, so let your fingers do the talking or perhaps coding and your mind do that thinking and get that creative juices oozing. We'll be kicking off soon, ladies and gentlemen, but before that we have very few unique, special and exclusive sessions for you. So count yourselves lucky because among us are not just speakers but also judges as well as tech experts, captains of industries, prominent figures, and all these people are just as passionate as you are about making a change. This brings us to this year's theme, Driving the Internet of Things in Asia. Now this year's special focus is given to innovative solutions and applications in three categories, namely smart city, smart community, Lifestyle. Now, the best part is that the prizes don't disappoint either. We have got 1,000 USD cash for the winners of each category and a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to receive five nano-degree scholarships funded by the US telco giant and sponsor AT&T and Uday City as well as an exclusive six-month mentoring by Golden Gate Ventures. And the grand prize winner takes home 10,000 USD in cash. Can we get a round of applause for that? Yeah, $10,000. Well, that's wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, to kickstart things today, I'd like to now welcome on stage a very special person, someone I know who has invested so much time and love into this event to make it smooth and possible. Please put your hands together for Mr. Jake Jennings, the Executive Director of AT&T Internal External Affairs. 
once again. And I just want to wish everybody all the best. And uh, may, the, may the best win. Thank you. Mr. Bernard Lee, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like now to call upon on stage Mr. Edgar Kagan, Deputy Chief of Mission from the U.S. Embassy, Kuala Lumpur, to say a few special words. Thank you very, very much. Um, welcome to all of you. Uh, this is my third year uh, coming to this event, and it's always a blast um, because I love seeing the energy the commitment, just the enthusiasm of all the participants. Of course, I always come today, not tomorrow, um, so I don't see you strung out and tired, um, but I do really appreciate the opportunity to get this, to, to get to come here. Um, I understand there's over 100 of you, and look, you know, who knows what you're going to do in the next 24 hours, but one thing I'm very certain of is I know what you're going to do in the next 10 years, 15 years, and that is that all of you are going to make a huge difference for Malaysia. You're going to make a huge difference for all of us who will benefit from the technology, from the ideas that you generate. And I'm very confident that one of you here, 10 years from now, I'm sure I will have read about and you will be a household name. So with that, I want you to remember one really important thing, hire the old guy. Um, <laughs> jobs for old guys in suits. That's really critical. Um, I'm sure that I can clean floors, do something useful for your company 10 years from now. Um, I, I want to thank uh, AT&T and my friend um, and Jake uh, for their incredible work. Bernard, I mean, I think, you know, the commitment that you've made, that your company has made, that Jake himself has made, the entire team, to Malaysia, to young talent here, is just truly extraordinary. And it's a real privilege for us to be associated with it. I also want to thank MCMC, um, and in particular, my uh, friend Dato uh, Ali Hanafia. Um, you know, this is, frankly, I think all of you know, government and technology doesn't always mix very well. Um, I mean, let's be really honest. Very few people look to government for technology solutions or ideas. And I think the one thing that really stands out about MCMC, particularly under the leadership of um, Dato Sri uh, Halim Shafi, the chairman, uh, but really executed very well by um, Dato Ali Anafia and his team, is a commitment to innovation and to supporting innovation. I think those of us at the U.S. Embassy, those of us in the U.S. government, I think MCMC, we realize we're not, we're not the ones people are going to turn to for brilliant innovation. But what we can do is help support people like you, who hopefully, and, and not just hopefully, I'm very confident, will provide innovation, will provide ideas. So, you know, this is really impressive, um, and, you know, this is, I think it's an example of how government actually can work to create the right environment to spark innovation and creativity. Um, I want to thank uh, my friend Marcos, um, the, you know, someone who makes crazy visionaries seem really appealing. Um, in, in particular, his ability to explain really big ideas and really big concepts in ways that even morons like me can understand. So that really is a, a rare skill. Um, and then, of course, uh, I want to thank Michael Lentz and the team at Golden Gate Ventures, um, as well as uh, Udicity, for all the things that you've done to make this happen. Just a couple quick thoughts. One is that all of you know it's a cliche, but like all cliches, it's based on hard truth. Things are changing dramatically, and what you're working on today is very much at the cutting edge. I mean, the truth is that understanding information is, has always been a challenge. 
but it's infinitely more challenging for people like me, for people in government, for people in business, to in, in, in you know, the service sector and NGOs, because there's so much more information. Now, on one level, that's great, because more information gives us a better ability to understand what we're doing, how we're doing it, how we can improve it. But being able to translate the incredible amount of information that's available, which in fact is only a fraction of what's going to be available in a few years as the Internet of Things really takes off and there are more sensors, more data floating around. Being able to translate that into things that people can understand and use is really hard. And that's where you come in. I think that Malaysia, I've been here two years now, what I've really been impressed by is how many really smart, sharp, young people there are who are really creative and, you know, I think you will have a huge impact in the future of your country and I think it's something that all of us will benefit from because I'm very confident that like Grab, or which used to be my taxi, which is something that started here that's going regional and I think has a real chance to go global, I think the innovations you produce are going to shape the entire world, not just Malaysia. Um, what we're looking at, I think, in the next few years is a real struggle to manage information and to understand it. And with the recognition that if we do it right, it can really change lives for the better. Um, one example that I would just call your attention to is yesterday, you may have seen, some of you, that a young Malaysian, at least young to me, I old to you, um, Dr. Adesi Baharaja addressed the UN General Assembly um, to discuss uh, an app that he and his team have put together. Now, he's an epidemiologist. They've put together an app which, with the right data, and that's obviously a challenge, can help predict outbreaks of um, mosquito-borne diseases. And just the, from the initial data, it seems that they can predict um, 100 days in advance, um, they can predict with 91% degree accurate, 91 accuracy where there's likely to be an outbreak of Zika. Now, if you think what a big deal Zika is, that's an incredibly powerful thing, and that's essentially harnessing the vast amounts of new data that are available in a way that is actually usable and can help epidemiologists and doctors predict where diseases are going to be, which then allows you to marshal resources before they break out. Those are, that's just one very small example of, I think, what is going to be coming down the road, which will make a change and uh, for the better in the lives of millions of people. Um, Last year's winners of the, of the, um, of the Developers Day um, and the Hackathon included an app called Kale Collective, which aimed at reducing inventories of expired food. Um, in 2014, there was an app called Enact that works to help people support charity and um, giving and social entrepreneurship. I think those are examples of what you can do in 24 hours. And as a result, I'm very optimistic about what you can do in the next 10, 20, 30 years. And remember, hire the old guy. Um, with that, I just want to wish you the best of luck. And I hope that all of you have a great experience. I'm confident you will. I look forward to seeing uh, what you do. And really, you know, I'm jealous. Um, I wish that I were your age for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, and that I had the opportunity to do this, even though I suspect I wouldn't have been smart enough to even make it through the door. So thank you very much. Good luck. And may the best happen. Thank you so much, Mr. Edward Kagan, Deputy Chief of 
Commission, U.S. Embassy of Kuala Lumpur for setting this on that note. Ladies and gentlemen, please now help me welcome us on stage a very important person amongst us, Yang Rubahagir, Dato Ali Hanafia, Chief Officer of Communication, Digital Services and Standard Sector, MC, MC. Maybe uh, some of you here uh, can actually develop uh, something like that. 
uh, which is an enabler. Uh, I'm using Uber as, uh, as an example. So it can be something which is uh, applied to anything. It can be applied to transportation. It can be applied to health. It can be uh, applied to legal, legal services, education, entertainment, and so forth. Uh, but we have uh, the teams uh, that we have uh, we have uh, actually highlighted for this MyDB 2016. It's uh, it's related to IoT and it's also related to the smart city, smart communities, and also uh, lifestyle. So I think if you were to develop something within uh, those uh, given, you should be uh, you should be should be able to actually. Uh, I'm, I'm excited and I'm anticipating to see. Uh, no, I'm, I, I'm waiting to see what are the uh, that is going to be developed once uh, we have finished the coding by uh, tomorrow evening. So uh, if uh, we've got a great uh, venue uh, that we have uh, prepared for you to, to have the 24 hours coding team to support all of you, uh, I think uh, uh, there's none other uh, than just to say go and hopefully we can see the best of you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your kind words, Ian Mubahadi Hafia, the Chief Officer of Communication, Digital Services and Standards Sector, MCEMC. Well, participants, we now move on to another highlight of the agenda today. We bring to you a very special person who is an expert, who is someone who's indeed passionate about building apps and changing the future, just like you as well. Now, before we get into that, here are a couple of housekeeping advice or some uh, important announcements that I'd like to share with you. Now the KL Convention Center is a non-smoking zone, so if you need to take a quote-unquote breath of fresh air, you could go downstairs to the ground floor or towards the end of this floor there's an outdoor foyer uh, out there, so make sure uh, you know those areas. Also no outside food is allowed in the hall, but all your snacks and main meals will be provided for you if you need any assistance of any sort, especially medical emergency, you can always seek out any of the organizers or even me. Now, while you're on that, I'm sure you're on social media as well, make sure you do not forget the hashtag, hashtag MYDD2016, put up your pictures and share them with the world, and like Dr. has just said, go, 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 and indeed we are going to go. Ladies and gentlemen, this now brings us to today's segment of the lightning talk, where we going to, we're going to find out more about entrepreneurship and what it takes to be a start-up company. You've been given all these golden nuggets and it's definitely one you want to plug your ears in for. Please help me welcome on stage Mr. Michael Linz from Golden Gate Ventures. Silicon Valley, an entrepreneur as well as Big Data Analytics, OurCloud.com. We're going to listen to more about how you can change your lives, what you can do, and how you can be the best you 
want to be, ladies and gentlemen, Marcos Lara. So um, one of the themes here this uh, this year I want to bring out is big data and uh, data sciences. So one of the trends that I'm seeing uh, right now in Silicon Valley is this shift to intelligence inside the platform. This is different than apps, this is different than user experience, and this is different than mobile. This is about bringing the intelligence of collective knowledge of what the platform has learned about the users and applying that to what the next user will see. So an example would be Facebook Newsfeed. Facebook Newsfeed uses a lot of machine learning, a lot of artificial intelligence to predict what it thinks you want to see. And it will be based on lots of statistics and lots of heuristics and a little bit of um, magic black box uh, trying to project forward. Now, in itself, it seems like a pretty high lofty goal and something that's uh, perhaps not common uh, that everyday person can take advantage of. But that's not true. There are lots of, we're having a democracy right now occur within the machine learning and the data sciences, such that we have all the big, large companies in Silicon Valley open sourcing the information and the techniques and the tool sets that they use to develop their own software to make it better. I believe so firmly in, in the future of data sciences as it's going to apply to your applications that you basically are going to see another revolution coming. And the next revolution is going to be similar to the previous one where we took offline analogies and we put them online 
and all of a sudden that business was better than the offline business. And like with taxis, all of a sudden taxis are now 100% digital. Uh, in the United States, we have, a pro we have an app called BirdDash. All it does is take online ordering of food, I mean, uh, offline ordering of food, puts it online, and crowdsources the delivery through young people with cars and an app. Now, the algorithms and things that powered that, they weren't that sophisticated, just some very basic stuff. The next generation, the next set of apps, are going to take what is now currently the existing online equivalent, and it's going to apply machine learning and big data to it, and that company is going to put out of business the previous company. So let me give you an example, and the example would be Uber. Uber took taxis and put them online, put them in your pocket. Nice. Well, guess what the next evolution of that will be? The next evolution of that will be a self-driving car. So in the case of Uber, what Uber did is anticipated the next generation of technology that would displace them and built it themselves. And at the cost of billions of dollars doing so. So my point being is, is to build a driving, to build the next, the next grab taxi is not enough. You have to build the self-driving car, which is going to be the next company that is going to replace the grab taxi. And if you're not thinking about that next evolution, then you can't play in the game, or you can't be successful in that next generation. So there are some tools and there are some uh, techniques and stuff like that that we can go over and give you a little bit of background. Um, so in order to uh, approach data science, you have to think about it like anything else. Uh, and in this world, uh, we need uh, tools and we need structure and we need environments to uh, practice and use the tools so that we can become good at it. Because if I just tell you to go to a math book and open up and learn statistical regressions and all sorts of other interesting things, that's not going to be very helpful because it doesn't give you the structure. So our cloud, our cloud is an AT&T open source project that is built on the language of R, which is a statistical language, um, but it also uses Python as well, so you can do that as well. But some of the great things that it does is it allows you to explore other mathematicians or other data scientists' work and how they solve the problem and be collaborative, sort of like GitHub. But also, it's open source, so that means if you have something That's to right. add to it, you can certainly go in and you can make a change, you can ask a question, but most importantly, you can look underneath the hood of the car and you can see how they solve the problems and learn by example and reverse engineering. It's very important. Um, uh, the next thing is collaboration. So it's built on Git, so if you see a piece of work from this previous uh, engineer that you like, data scientist, you can fork it just like you would a piece of code that you found somewhere else that you wanted to use yourself. You can fork the code, modify it, and make it your own. And that's a really big deal, especially when you don't understand all of the mechanisms that are operating. So all these, all these things combined, oh, and by the way, it's in the cloud. So you, know, you can always access it anywhere. You can share it with anyone, and they can always collaborate and contribute all around the world. So these are very important. So I just have up here a, um, a screenshot of what is the, the work environment within our cloud, um, and that is called a notebook. And a notebook is on the left, you can see the social component. I'm apologizing, this um, monitor, the resolution is not high enough here. Let me see if I can modify that for you. So I'll continue to talk while I'm seeing if I can increase the so the idea of a notebook is on the left hand you have all the projects.
objects that you've been working with. In the center is the source code, and on the right is the output. And in the center, you build little blocks and cells of data. And in those blocks of data, you implement your pieces of math. Now, the beautiful thing is, is you don't have to implement all the math from scratch. You're not asking to prove some, uh, some algorithm or some, uh, some uh, formula. What I'm asking you to do is take advantage of other people's work. And so on the left pane is all the other stack packages and other places that you can go to get little elements of code you can to execute. And I'm going to show you a working example of this in a moment. So, let's talk a little bit about R. We'll talk more about notebooks a little bit later. Because there's been a, some questions I've gotten from friends and other people who don't understand R, don't use R. Um, R is basically an implement, uh, I'm sorry, an environment to implement statistical techniques. Do it quickly without having to know all the mathematical background. Right? R can be extended via packages, so you don't have to, if you want to use a great um, I don't know, distribution package that's going to take a data set and you know, make a graph of it and, and tell you the distribution. Well, you know what? You don't have to write that from scratch. You don't even have to recode it or copy it in from someone else. Someone's probably already done it. You just import the package, use the command, and there you go. So it's extensible. Um, in effect, it allows for easy handling of data and storage. Since it's in the cloud, you can use APIs, you can go to remote sources, get the API, pull it into the notebook, the notebook can process it, and then it can save your responses and your outputs, and then do transformation for them. Um, it has great operators for calculating arrays and matrices. Very powerful, obviously, if you're going to do a lot of data manipulation, it has to be very strong. It also has a large collection of even intermediary tools. So, um, like the packages, you get to build on it, you get to do all sorts of external tricks from other places and other languages if you want to bring them in and you, can, and you can work on your data that way. And lastly, it has graphical components, mostly in JavaScript, but HTML5-ish kind of things, which will allow you to display beautifully what you've built without having to build the whole thing from scratch. So, um, in, in short, R is a well-developed, uh, well simple, simple, effective language, which includes conditional loops, user-defined recursive functions, and inputs and output facilities. And these are key if you want to do interesting things with data. Now, R is what our cloud is built on, and R is statistical language. But not everybody knows R. So they also support Python. And Python is a much broader language and also is also offers many of these features, and there are plugins and all sorts of components there. So um, they call those kernels. And lastly, there is a other set of open source set of tools which has a much larger language support that goes beyond uh, R and Python. It's in the exact same form in the sense of notebooks and these notebooks, um, and it's called Jupyter. And if you go to Jupyter, there's all sorts of uh, wonderful plugins there as well. So if you want to use JavaScript, or you want to use Scala, or you want to use some other languages, that, that's available for you. So, and the last thing is, is you can't do big data work if you don't have data. So you need data sets to do the work that you 
want to do. So um, in the Facebook group, I put in a bunch of links. All the links to everything I put in there uh, are in the Facebook group. But one of the links is the big data set. And this uh, website, you can go through, and it has tons and tons of links to government, uh, to NASA, to airports, to weather, to anything you can name. Um, not only that, but also uh, social graphs, uh, you know, sample data for social graphs so you can do work on uh, without having to actually go to Facebook and get stuff off of Facebook and stuff like that. So um, there's a wonderful resource there for you to take a look and as you're starting to think about what your idea is going to be, what kind of data that you might want to, to, to take advantage of. Okay. And lastly, if you really are hungry and you really want to go the extra mile, there's machine learning. Now, it's one thing to work with big data, it's one thing to get the data into the platform, it's another thing to transform, it's another thing to get an output and to use that output in your app so your user has a better experience or you might supercharge your app versus the guy who doesn't have these algorithms. But it's another thing to take machine learning into there because machine learning will identify patterns in your user base and in your platform that you never knew existed. And so you can use machine learning to run tests against the information you've gathered and that then you would find patterns that no human could, could ever find. And the beauty, beauty of that is, as it brings these answers to the surface, you can just sit back and, and, and peruse the responses from the, from the machine learning algorithms. And take, the, take what you learn and then fold that into new products, new features. And that's how the best companies are doing it right now. Now, this particular project, which is um, called Torch, and it's based on the FAIR open source deep learning model, is open sourced by Facebook. It's an, it's an environment you need to explore machine learning and how to, to uh, write these algorithms and analyze the results. Um, it's super heavy duty stuff, but I want to put it out there, and I'm, there's all sorts of great examples of how to use it. Um, and I think that I would hope, love to see someone try to take advantage of it. The whole purpose of this is to prepare you for where the industry is going. I don't know if we're going to do really great machine learning this year, but you know what? Next year we might. And what about the year after that? And if we don't start now and we don't take a look okay. at these technologies and we don't understand how they operate, then we're not going to be competitive. And my job is to make this event awesome and to make you guys awesome. And if you want to be awesome in the future, these are the tools and techniques that you're going to need. So that's all I have to say on big data and machine learning for now. But we have 24 hours together and we can explore all these things. Maybe we'll do some more work together uh, in a couple hours. All right, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Marcus. Lara, uh, Marcus will be back later as we look into some pointers for your team formations and an overview uh, for the hackathon later at about 3 p.m. So make sure all of you are in the hall for now. Ladies and gentlemen, we have on stage Mr. Ben Richardson, who will be taking us through a pitch presentation skill training. Now, you only have always that one time to make that first good impression, and that always counts. Later on tomorrow, when you present your app, you will only have three minutes.
to wow the judges and win their hearts. So listen up to Ben Richardson from Freshman Hillel as he gives you all the tips and pointers you will need. Ben? Hello everyone. So uh, this is a great privilege and honour again to be here. Um, so I think it's my fourth Olympics. And uh, I just wanted to say that when I first arrived here for the first AT&T event, um, I didn't actually know what an app was. Uh, so this whole journey has been really, really interesting. It's absolutely fascinating to see all of the projects that people put together. And it's, it's been really, really um, eye-opening for me. The one thing that has stood out is that on each occasion the winning team has been the team, I think, certainly, certainly the top three teams, have been the teams that have the best presentations. So, very, very important that you take on board this element of the competition. Okay? So, how do we do good presentations? We, Fleischmann Hill has been cheating for the past few occasions because one thing we say to you is don't use PowerPoint, right? And we've always used PowerPoint. So this time we'll do that, okay? Do not rely on slides to make your product sing. You have to really think about the impression that you're going to make on stage, appealing to the judges and appealing to the other and appealing to the audience. Because bear in mind that bringing the audience with you is a huge part of swaying the final decision. Okay? A little bit hot here, excuse me. First impressions, absolutely vital. You really must get off the ground with the first impression straight away. Okay? Think about your presentation. Once you've got your team, you might have the best team of coders, the best team of you know, people who can design apps and get them put together. Once you've got your team you know, organized, immediately think about getting a person who can do the presentation. Okay? The best coder is probably not the best presenter. You know, again, the winning teams, time and time again, have been those that have had the best presenters. So start early on. Decide who's the best presenter, who is going to make the best impression, okay? What are the main elements in the presentation? First of all, you must concentrate on what problem you're trying to solve. Lots of people have funky ideas, but they're not necessarily solving a pain point, addressing a pain point, helping to work out how to solve a big social issue, or, you know, where can I buy the latest fashion? I mean, whatever it is, you've got to find out what pain point you're trying to address, and then you have to come up with a very compelling presentation that allows you to do that. Okay? Second, you've got to think about how you're going to sell, or how you're going to sell your big idea. Okay? You don't want to let your big idea get lost in a lot of noise. It's about distilling that big thought into one key message. I always used to say, you know, um, <coughs> you've got to find out who your Brad Pitt is, right? Who's Brad Pitt of your story? You know, who is the star? 
You know, you all have somebody in your head. You know that when you see that name, maybe it's Apple, I don't know, it doesn't have to be a person. You know, when you see that name sort of flash across your uh, smartphone, you're going to stop and click, right? You really have to work out who's the star of your story for your app, okay? Then you need to distill this idea, okay? Distill it and distill it and distill it. Too many times you see teams and they've got like, they're scribbling furiously pages and pages and pages and pages of notes, okay? They're not taking their idea and really working on it and getting it down to the crucial side of the note. Distill, distill, distill. You all know how to spell success, right? Yeah, it begins with a P. Practice, practice, practice. You must carve out time to practice your pitch. Because if you don't, you'll be stuck on the stage, you'll be mumbling, fumbling, and you'll, you'll lose the energy. Think of your pitch as a performance. Think about a really entertaining performance. How are you going to grip the audience? How are you going to make people stay awake? Okay? It's a performance. You have to keep your energy levels up. The reason we say don't use PowerPoint is because too often you know, you're looking down at the screen and worrying about whether it's working or not. So, just think of it. You're up on stage, karaoke night, whatever you like. It's a performance. And remember that whatever happens, first impressions, they absolutely count. But this isn't life or death, right? This is a competition, and anyone who takes part in it is going to be a winner. You've got to come away with great ideas, great experience. I've certainly come away with great ideas and great experiences from each one of these I've been to. So don't worry too much. Because it's not life and death. And the great thing about you know, first impressions is you always get a second chance, right? You always get a second chance to wipe everything clean and start again. Alright? So there's always a second time. Okay, now I will be coming around talking to any team that wants any help. So if you have any issues, you want to see run some ideas by me, more than happy to help. Okay? Don't miss the opportunity. Because, as I said, it's a crucial part of every winning proposal. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, it's all on the on the website slides. Yeah, there's actually a course right now downstairs that teaches you how to use some tools. Oh, the other tools. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ben. Guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Can we get a round of applause uh, for Ben, please? Very enthusiastic on the stage up here, telling you how can we be a compelling presenter. Um, I know after lunch you're feeling a little bit sluggish, perhaps. I know I am. So please reach out for your coffee or tea or any refreshments. Uh, dessert is still available. And now we have uh, Marcos Lara back on stage. There are a few uh, housekeeping rules as well, as I reminded you earlier. Uh, if you need to go out for a breather, uh, please go down to the ground floor or to the foyer. Uh, please do not bring any outside food. If you need a quick pick-me-up, we have snacks here. 
and um, we'll be sharing a little bit more about some of the judging criteria and the format of the app um, and Marcos uh, will be helping uh, to shed light on that as well. So I hope you're having a good time so far. Come 4pm is the moment we'll be waiting for as the clock will begin to tick. If you haven't found your teammates yet or you're still looking for something or someone in particular, um, please move around, feel free. The rules are not that strict, so uh, it'll take advantage of uh, that um, flexibility that we have here. So I hand you now to the safe hands of uh, Marcos Lara, and I hope you enjoy this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, can I get the uh, video, please? All right, so some of you have already I may or may not be joining the team because I don't know how to join the team since this is like I don't think I can join. You have an idea, is it? Is it. So, are you ready? Yeah! Alright, that's the spirit on your mark. I want to hear it again. Okay, go ahead. Are you ready? Okay. 
final 23 seconds right now. The clock is ticking, guys. You need to stop coding when the timer stops. And here's the final countdown. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, job so far so please stop coding and get in your team sit around and discuss your presentation you have final 15 minutes what will happen is we'll put up the sequence random order of course on the screens just shortly they are in the order at which um, you made your entries on the Facebook page and once you see that sequence please Prepare yourselves, organize your teams so that we have a smooth flow. So the first team will queue up behind me, behind these uh, board and chairs. So please sit there, wait for me to call your team up and then you make your way. While that team is up, make sure if you're the next team, you're already waiting behind. We don't have much time to lose. Everything's going to happen in the next one and a half hours, two hours. Also, you only have three minutes for your presentation. That's 180 seconds. That will fly. So, after the three minutes is up, I will give you your cue, and you have about another 10, 20 seconds to quickly wrap it up. What we do want to see from you during your presentation, basically who you are, what problem you're solving, and then you need to demonstrate or show us exactly how your app works. And then we'll give the judges some time to deliberate, about half an hour after which we have the grand announcement of all the winners. And then don't go anywhere because we want to take a group picture and put this up on the, well, the memory wall. Okay, so here you go. Your teams are... Is, it, is this Asia? <laughs> that was way too fast. It is. <laughs> okay, do you want to get up on stage? Uh, yes, yes, why not? Of course. <laughs> All roads lead to here. So. Okay, I'm going to hand you the mic. Hey, Kevin. Kevin is a veteran uh, hackathon member, back for more abuse. I'm not exactly a, a veteran, but So what's your, what, do you, what do you want to build? Do you have an idea? I just want to build a, uh, a, well, a web app that does, uh, well, I have an idea of uh, just putting uh, missing person data. I can extract uh, missing person data from, let's say, social media to actually just um, put it in a proper form. And then after that, just present it visually uh, to people just so that it's easier for people to you know find some missing people uh, and then and possibly just accept the functionality. I don't know I don't know whether or not I should build a web app or a mobile app. So I think uh, the extensibility can, can be done from the mobile app perspective in the sense that I can uh, I can possibly just uh, Remind the, the person. It's very fragmented. It's very fragmented. Uh, say, oh, 
Rapid Care has one initiative, RSB has one initiative. You can send me notification from time to time whether or not a person is missing around the area, just so that it does create the awareness and then possibly just, you know, in case, you know, let's say I were to be, you know, finding that person or things like that by accident, then I can just report it right away. So the question I would have first would be, okay, how does this fall into Internet of Things? It's obviously an app, and it's very, it falls into community and social, a smart city at the very least, yeah. because I mean, come on, uh, making that awareness be out there. But uh, so I think Internet of Things, I think sensors, right? Uh, so how do we incorporate something like that into the app? Yeah. I think uh, in the context of mobile, I, so. I guess uh, physical web can be can be done uh, without actually being you know uh, being wanting to like install an app. Uh, just to keep it simple, I think uh, doing a mobile app is actually pretty okay for that because uh, you have geofencing APIs available on the internet today, right? So, uh, if possible, we can actually leverage on the geofencing API uh, based on you know, uh, the data that we structure properly uh, from social media. So, I, I don't have something fundamentally against that. I mean, uh, I think from, an, from a certain idea, you know, the phone in your pocket is the best internet IoT device you can imagine, right? I mean, the sensors there, you have humidity, temperature, uh, you know, barometric pressure in some of the accelerometer and stuff like this, plus geolocation. Yes. So, I think maybe an app where uh, perhaps the, uh, you, if, so you have the app because you care about these things, and if you see the person or you want to report it, you can just report it in the app. Your information isn't sent. And that way you don't have to pick up the phone and call the police. You don't have to participate in that way. Yes. Statistically significant, all of a sudden, okay, four people have spotted or spent alerted that there's something going on. You know something's happening in that area. Yes. So you can create some, you can do a little bit of data science around the statistics there and bring that into the model so you can drive that kind of thing. So yeah, I think there's something there. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll probably I'll probably just refine the idea again and see uh, what we can do. Sure. Play with that idea. You know, I'd come by and say hello, and we can talk, and we can work it out in maybe detail. Yeah, right now, right now for me, it's just a matter of uh, looking at some uh, uh, structured data that we can possibly extract from social media, and then uh, just fill in the blanks from there, uh, put it in the proper uh, API, and then after that, just... Uh, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't worry about the execution of mobile no, app versus HTML5 app and using Gap or one of these other. Uh, React has also got some native stuff that's kind of interesting. Uh, but anyways, I wouldn't really sweat the details of the technical implementation right now. I think getting get that story right, yeah, and then from there we can work on okay, what's the best way to execute on it? Okay, okay, all right, okay. Now, so, uh, are you look? Do you need anyone on your team? Are you looking for anybody, or do you? Uh, so far, we have uh, you know two over there, uh, well, uh, uh, if it's including me, it's Okay, so do you need a UI guy, do you need a database guy, do you need uh, a, anybody? We possibly would need a guy who's well-versed in mobile or backend, because I'm a backend guy. Uh, I register as a backend guy, so uh, possibly we need a mobile app developer for this. Okay, well, there you go. So if you guys, uh, anyone here has got mobile app skills, Looking for a team? Here we go. Thank you, Kevin. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Pleasure.
Right, thanks Kevin for getting the ball rolling. Now guys, remember, it all starts with a small idea, however nifty, and then help is definitely on the way. So we've, we had questions from there. Do we have anyone on this side of the hall? Yes, okay. It's like Oh, really? Okay, these are all the familiar faces, huh? Okay. <laughs> Come. <laughs> Yeah, you're getting younger. You're not getting older. What's going on there? <laughs> it's the hairstyle. That's right. <laughs> Introduce yourself and tell us your project. All right. Hi, I'm Ishan. Uh, I usually am the youngest here. Uh, 19 this year. Hopefully, they put me younger than me. No? <laughs> uh, this is my university team. We have a team now. Uh, it's just that we have an idea. I thought I'd just throw it out there just to see how it goes. And our idea is essentially using NFC tags and public facilities to create a quick public polling system and allow people to control the environment of these public facilities and gather data on the people that enter these facilities. We use you know, LRTs, you know, buses, bus stops. So that's the rough idea we have. So um, what's the efficiency you're looking at the game? What are you trying to change? What, what we're trying to change essentially is uh, we, want, we want a more informed society. You know? we, want, we want everyone to know, you know what the, what's wrong with the facilities. We want the authorities in charge to be able to keep track of these public facilities. Uh, we want everyone essentially to know what's going on. You know? So it's sort of like an informational system. Uh, it's really supposed to help people who get lost as well. So say for example, you're at an LRT and you want to see the map and you want an interactive map, right? So if you just tap your phone on the NFC tag, you're going to get all the information you need. Plus, the authorities will know that you know one more person has boarded the LRT network. So you can schedule and organize things as long as you address the social, the privacy issue. Yeah, yeah. we're going to follow PGPA. <laughs> okay. Uh, are you looking for anyone on your team? Do you have a complete team? What's your um, I mean, I wouldn't say we have an entirely complete team, but we're not looking for anyone on our team just yet. We're going to complete ourselves eventually. So you feel you're okay? Yeah, we'll be all right. Well, thank you for sharing your idea. I like it. All right, thanks a lot. Okay, drum roll, please. Who's next? we got someone over there in the back. Hi there. What's your name? Uh, my name is Paul Wenchuan. Paul okay, I can just direct you over to the stage and share with us some of your questions and perhaps also um, your idea. Hit me. Okay, um, my idea is actually will benefit the suppliers, service providers, and also do-it-yourself event users. Okay, what happened here is the pain point that I see is normal users, for example, a father want to do an event for his daughter or his elderly parents, a normal event programmer wouldn't cater for that because they cater for a grand event like this. So, his pain point is he unable to do the logistic of the event. So, our solution is we are going to do a talking AI, we will help him to schedule everything, he, what he needs to do is he just put in the budget and we'll connect to the service provider and we'll give them that with this budget you're able to hire these performers using this cake and what and so on and how the suppliers able to benefit this is for example all the keywords they key in the suppliers can predict what type of cake team they should do maybe frozen cake team or uh, Zootopia cake team that will might entice the users so they can pick up what's the trend, passwords, or the dancers. They probably know the AI will tell them that 
uh, is going to October, so why not you practice on a zombie type of dance so they can bank more money throughout different events. So we mostly cater for do-it-yourself users, help them to schedule, help them to budget, do the logistics, connect with all suppliers, and is the idea okay? Yeah, it's really good. Uh, you know, some of the things I would instantly think is, is about the input, right? So, first of all, I do like it. I love it. It's great. Because uh, I think it closes a loop, and there's a definite need, and there's a lower tier of the market there. It's not being served. Do it yourself, right? But some of the things that you need to do it to do well here are going to be the, the input point for the user. So, the first thing that came to mind when you were talking was a tag cloud. You know, a tag cloud is a keyword. Yeah. And some are bigger colors, different colors, depending on how popular those tag clouds yes. are. Yeah. So if you presented me with a tag cloud and I could select the words that mean the most to me for this event, I'm, you're asking me emotionally, Marcus, how do you feel about this wedding? Uh, maybe it's a small wedding, 20 people, 10 people, right? Uh, I can just click on the wife, or the, 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 the woman can click on the words that mean most to her, and then you can use that to drive the type of game, to drive the type of performer, to try. The, the theme, if you will. And so I feel that that would be a very powerful user interface there. Because if you can get those keywords right from the user, your responses are going to be, or you're just going to go through the roof. Because the problem is, is if you just suggest anything, then it becomes cookie cutter, right? and it's not original. right? So anyways, I, I think it's an interesting idea, but it's all in the execution. Right? So it also seems very ambitious for only 24 hours. So do you have experience with artificial intelligence, you have experience with okay, data science? I came in with an AI guy and he's good at machine learning. Um, he's a troublemaker, is that him over there? And I'm a REST API <laughs> developer, so, and I did look through at your, the website that you gave, the AT&T, and I went to the tutorials just now also. So I probably will try the R crowd thingy. And or Jupyter Notebook, you can, if you'd like to do it in another language. What languages do you have? Um, we plan to do in JavaScript, HTML, and CSS will be a web app. Right. So, yeah. but you have, must have mathematical language. No. R. I use R. Scala, Python. Yeah. Python. Yeah. If you do Python, you'd be really solid with Python. Okay. Um, but anyways, uh, okay. It sounds like you've got there. Do you need, okay. do you need, uh, like, do you need yes. a team? Yes. We need a UX UX designer. UI UX designer to work with a team of data scientists and REST API guys. So. Hell, I'd join that team if I, if I was here. So. They both are team. <laughs> A lot of potential here. All right, guys. Thank you so much. All right, give my hand. Thanks for sharing. Um, right here, we've got Ken, who's got a question and would like to share a few things as well. Your name and... Hello. What do you want is Ken? Uh, I have an idea that I want to explore. So, uh, I was thinking of building an app for the public uh, on the road to report traffic offenders because some incidents can only more efficiently be reported by the public, such as uh, using the emergency lane, making illegal U-turns. So, these are things that uh, the public maybe they can report with their phone. And this photo will be geotagged, geotagged and sent to the authorities. And authorities can actually use these photos to maybe uh, to prosecute or you know maybe to charge those offenders and they can actually map out all the incidents on the map and they can identify the pinpoint of certain locations because sometimes it's not about the public who make 
the offences. It's about the design of the road or, or the area that is giving a problem. Because um, there's an area in a, a Federal Highway under the bridge. The design is so bad that everyone just break the rules to go through the shortcut without having to go to a big turn. So by, by analyzing that, maybe the authorities can improve the road system based on the data that they collected from the public. That's more efficient because public can respond on the spot of those offenders. Yeah, that's my idea. Okay, so first of all, I don't think you need to uh, issue fines. What you can do though is from a public perspective, you can note that, you know, you can't find me for something I didn't get caught doing. But at the same time, when a cop pulls me over, if it says on there, this person's been reported 25 times previously, not because I'm going to give them a ticket for those 25 times, but this, the likelihood that I'm an, a jerk or a bad driver is really high. So you use it as information to help guide how aggressive a police officer should be with his ticket if he ever comes to that situation. It's almost like a score, right? A driving score. Right? Um, but that's interesting. And I think that's a lot more digestible because it's not so scary. You know, because maybe I made a bad turn. I don't want to get a ticket because the guy behind me, right? And vice versa, you don't want to get a ticket just because it's following. So that put negative pressure on acceptance. So what you do is say, no, it's just a score. You're not going to get a ticket for that. But that score can help you or hurt you later on, right? And so now, if that score can be worked into a traffic stop and a cop looks at your score, you got a great score. All right, yeah, get out of here. It sends you out of your way because you're a good driver. He doesn't know that right now, pardon me, you know? So he doesn't know, so he's going to give everyone the ticket. So now he can pick maybe the, the police officer. Can, and that's crowdsourced, right? It's everyone around. Yes, him. yes. So later on, maybe the authority can actually use uh, uh, some tools from the R cloud to analyze all the data from the map and things like that and to find the likelihood of these crimes happening at the particular hotspot or areas. Yeah. So the problem you're going to have there, though, is modeling the traffic pattern. So I would instantly, like, when I say fail fast, I mean go online as soon as you get off the stage and start to research. Can you find artificial traffic pattern data? You know, because there'll be data sets of imaginary cars going left, right, up, down. Uh, and if you can get that data set, well, then you can train your artificial intelligence or your machine learning because you have enough fake cars driving around in this data set that you can make it up. There's a hackathon I did in San Francisco called Z um, Hack the Drive by BMW. And I think there is a driving data set there. So hack the drive. Uh, I'll check it out. Yeah. So do you need anyone on your team? Who's in your team? Who do you have? Uh, All right. right now we have uh, back-end developers, but we don't have anyone from a UI UX designer. So we're hoping to uh, look for UX, UX UI designer in our team. Table 15. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Alright, thanks Ken. I like this uh, because the, the vibe is there and everyone's really getting into the mood. Um, here we have a rose among the thorns. We have Grace who's going to tell us a little bit about how her teammate was God sent, but they are looking for another teammate. So Grace? Can I have you on stage? She can talk from there. She okay, sure. Yeah, give her the microphone. Tell us your problem, Grace. What's wrong? Uh, about uh, smart community. You see, we are all here. We speak English. Uh, we are from different races and ethnicity. I'm Chinese, and some are Indian, some are Malay here. And, but we all speak English. So when we come together, we understand each other. Uh, because I can hear what you are talking, you can hear and understand what I'm saying. 
that's really a peace of mind, you know. To me, that is not a smart community. And uh, so, the, that is one point. The second point is, uh, people are getting more and more intelligent. And we have something good for unity or for their brain development, they will like it. So, I have invented, firstly, smart men, uh, a speed mandarin, which is uh, launched already. So now today I want to do speak Arabic. Arabic uh, is spoken by 1.6 billion people in the world. But I did start a statistic study, something like the UK, the US, they want to learn Arabic. And they found that it's too hard. They couldn't break it, uh, the, problem, the problem to learn Arabic. So now I invented the concept uh, that uh, you can uh, learn to say, to read Arabic or I mean basic Arabic uh, in 10 minutes. 10 minutes you can uh, remember the pronunciation for all the 28 consonants. And uh, so to me is that if you are how to say, memorize and can uh, pronounce the sound of each consonant, you have, uh, how to say, achieve half the better to acquire this Arabic language. Okay, and so, if, oh. if, if you have more, I mean, if you can speak more language, you can uh, communicate with more people, and you feel good with one another. Of course, of course. Um, language is a huge barrier. I just came from Japan and didn't understand a thing. So I, I understand the problem personally. Um, one, there are two things I would uh, bring to attention. One, you know, the hackathon is about what you build here today. It's okay to use tools if you've built uh, a platform or if you've done other things. Those are APIs you want to take advantage of. I think that's completely fair. But you know, to take an existing product and just change uh, the inputs and outputs and then present it as something new, that doesn't seem fair to people who are going to build something from scratch. So just be mindful and I'll be happy to talk to you more about that. Just, you know, I, and the next thing is, is not every hack is a good business. You know what I mean? It, this is not a business competition. This is about doing something interesting, something meaningful. Sometimes meaningful things need time to find their money, right? It, so um, I just wanted to make sure that that was clear. Not everything that someone builds has to be for a high-profit business or for funding, right? Okay. Okay, just wanted to make sure that we understood those things. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are looking for yeah, what are you graphic looking for? designers for my idea to be, uh, I would say, illustrated sure. more professionally. Polish. We call it polish. Oh. Polishing, you know, clean. <laughs> so you're looking for graphic designers, front end people to help you design the app. Yeah, the way I it have works. here. We just met. Uh, he's a app developer. Yeah. So, okay, so you have an app developer. You have the idea, which is you, and you need a UI. You need a UI person. Uh, I said not you. I, I think I asked him. He said he can do. Oh, okay. Graphic designer. Oh, you want a graphic designer. Oh, purely graphic designer. Okay, so she's looking for a graphic designer, not even a UI guy. Okay, that's uh, wonderful. And what table are you sitting at? 
22. Table 22. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Grace. I'm just walking around looking for anyone else who might have a couple of questions. What about this table here? Anyone? I could do this all night long. <laughs> <laughs> about half an hour to go before the timer starts to tick. Any questions? No? Okay. Oh, my goodness. Anyone else? Find someone. This side of the hall, rather quiet. Come on, I have some friends out there. Raise your hand. Tia, tell me what you're doing. Table 11. Okay. You're on. What do you want to build? What's your name? Tell us what you're going to do. Um, hi, I'm Tia. So, um, oh. my team oh, is building a smart mirror. Smart? Smart mirror. Smart viewer? Mirror. Oh, smart mirror. You want to keep this one private? Is, this, uh, is it that good? So I like this smart mirror. Well, is it going to make me look younger? Is it going to make me look skinnier? We don't feel everything. No, no, no. It's going to make me look smarter. But last time, I don't know how you can. So the smart mirror, the purpose of the smart mirror is to motivate people to kickstart the game. For the end. Keep, I'm sorry, what's that? To motivate people to kickstart the game. To kickstart? Yeah. Kickstart. Yeah, kickstart the day. Yes. Smart mirror is going to kickstart my day. I, you, I feel like you've got this already thought out. Do you, do you already know how this is going to work? Um, still thinking about the details, but yeah, somehow we got the concept. Okay. And do you need any team members? Because you're by yourself. Uh, no, I have a team member. No, you don't. There's nobody there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, this is the two-man team. Yeah, but uh, one more will become helping around. Okay, so you're set. You don't need any help? Yes. Okay, never mind then. Smart mirror that's going to help you jumpstart your day. It's going to make me look smarter. It's going to make me look skinnier. It's going to make me look richer. Mm. Yeah? All those things? Just show a motivational statement. Maybe. Okay, who else? Come on, you got me. I'm right here. I can make it happen for you. Okay, table three says they're fine. Looking at table two. Marcus, what's your uh, what's your idea? What's your hack? Okay, we're fine then. <laughs> all right, if that's it, everybody. Well, you know where I live. I'll be here all night. We can always do this. Take a stab at your ideas. Call me over. Come visit. I'm happy to help you out. All right, thank you guys. Hey, fans, Thanks, guys, for the participation. About 25 minutes now to go before 4 p.m. So do approach Marcos or any one of the other speakers to get the clarity and any of your ideas or get any more information or to find that right teammate if you still have not got one. Marcos is sitting right in the front here at table nine. So we'll be back in about 25 minutes, and uh, that's when the big clock will start ticking. Good luck. Hey, where are you? Huh? Yes, I'm a giant. Come in, come in, come in. You look very rough. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to ask you. Uh, 
can still talk to him, but he said can still talk. I mean, how many members in the team? Uh, we go and ask. Let's go. Please put your hands together for missing people. Go, Kevin. Hi. Hi, Kevin. How's, uh, how's everyone? Everyone's great. All right. <laughs> okay, so tell us who you are. Tell us the problem you're solving and show us. Missed the loved one 
somewhere uh, based on the location where uh, the missing people was last seen. So, so um, you can actually notify. Uh, we can actually notify uh, the people out there um, uh, by using geofencing because based on the location itself, we can actually notify people. Uh, you know, whenever you know people are actually nearby the location and everything like that. So, boom. Uh, nice presentation on the notification tray, and uh, of course we, and of course we have a report scene button where uh, you can actually report, uh, you know, uh, uh, people who are actually uh, discovered by users. Uh, that's it. Okay. And did you? I think. Well, thank you very much. So. All right. Did you uh, use any big data, or, or what? Did you, I think you were doing some analysis, weren't you? What was your the source of your? Data source. You're scraping it, or is a humans putting it in, or did you build any mathematical routines? But um, initially, we wanted to try and uh, implement it using text analysis uh, from Facebook because that allows us to actually uh, scrape information real time. But then again, um, when it comes to limitations of what we can do, uh, we just uh, uh, we just put our data on Firebase in order to display the information just like that, right? In order to uh, convey our messages uh, across. So, um, so there's far there. There are a lot of things that we can do on the app itself. But then again, um, uh, I really hope that you know uh, someday we can actually implement a proper uh, implementation of text analysis on the app itself. So um, the technical aspects of the app, though, weren't successful. Were, were, were not that successful with the execution yes. because. Because the whole deal about using Facebook is that um, we need to actually pass the Facebook access token to the uh, to the web server in order to trigger uh, to trigger the public feed to be uh, scraped on you know and of course curated on the web server itself. So um, so I guess um, which is why we had difficulties um, you know uh, solving this problem and we spent like four hours and haven't really come up with the proper uh, implementation um, and of course if we were to actually be using Twitter uh, we can't really uh, prop we can't really uh, solve the problem properly because um, we have like 140 characters and of course uh, there's not enough information that that can be digested and and of course transform unstructured to a structured Alright, I, I have to stop you there, but I appreciate it. Does anyone have any questions for Team Missing? Alright, thank you very much. Thank you, Missing. Next up, we have Dash Pro. While Dash Pro sets up, can I please call upon three pillows to queue up for your turn up next? laptop will we use?
attention of the judges to these monitors to your left and to your right. This is his laptop, and then the camera will demonstrate if there's a mobile app or something. You guys ready? Go ahead, tell us who you are, tell us the problem you're solving, and show right. us. Sure, sure, all right. On, the, on, the, on your left is uh, Guang Xing, and then Win Tan, and I'm a speaker, Nan Feng. It might be active. And we are Dash Pro. Do you ever feel that you are threatened when you're walking outside knowing that there's criminal outside? Do you feel safe? Do you ever feel that you are safe on the road when there are so many people driving so aggressive, so dangerously? Do you ever feel that you feel so frustrated when you tra trap your traffic jam? When when you can do nothing, okay. All right. Dash Pro is answer of your prayer. Yeah. All right. What's dedicated to provide to you a safe and profitable ecosystem for your community and our cities. All right. This is for communities. All right. All right. This is the application. It's a actually it's a MVP of our actual dash cam. Hardware product, we have no time to do hardware, so we can do the software first. So let's take our first look. So, for the first feature, is of course for every dash cam, it's recording, alright, can start recording. Okay, that's recording, okay. When you notice someone driving, they just say, Whoa, that guy, man, whoa, you need to slow down, okay. Let me just do, hey Siri, document this bookmark. Alright, uh, can you lift the phone a little bit? You're not in the view. You can, can use this voice activation and you will automatically say that moment, that time sound, go mark. Alright. When you are because when you are driving, we cannot operate the phones. So you can use voice activation. It's very safe for the road, road user as well as the uh, car driver. Alright, let's go back to the profile page. When you are done driving, you can browse back all the moments where you documented. Alright, today I have got like around can someone please open up the zoom on the camera? It's too tight. Sorry for the issue. Okay, we saw that we have three bookmarks. We, we so just we missed that. So as the video was playing, you were pressing a button to bookmark those moments. No, no, no. You can. History has two options. You can use the voice activation, something like, hey Siri, to okay. link up the functions. Okay, Google, that's what for you. That's so now we're you. reviewing the video. Correct, correct. That's actually recording the period of time frame of the ha actual happening. So, you need, okay, you need to report it. Okay, you can choose what types. There are two types at the moment. First one is a traffic offender, and next is criminal, and we'll just choose it as a traffic offender. All right, the couplet is actually uh, implementation of our OCR to recognize the public automatically in our server side. So when you are done, confirm, press report. But what, what makes us 
unique and great and amazing is that we have a truly special reward system. When the user reports to the authorities and when the fine is successfully issued and the user that reports will get a percentage of cut. So this is what I mean by profitable. Wow, nowadays you can earn money while doing good things, alright? Alright, wow. so you're running out of time. So is there anything else you want to tell all us? Right. Okay, to sum it up, okay, actually it's a dash pro, profitable, voice activation, and machine learning lab. Now let's get in the machine learning part, okay? Where all the magic happens. I'm right here on the television screens down here on the side. Alright, actually we are using Azure machine learning, alright? Actually, okay, when Dashcam also have an additional capability when you can record all the carplays when also together with the geotag location. So we have the X and Y location, it's GPS. By using, by collecting all data for a huge period of time, when the user submit a crime reporting, and we can instantly know that where the past history, where this car has been, and exit entry, and all the information, and we can actually predict where the car might go. So it's actually helped to reduce the crime rate. And next, okay, this is actually the heat map of 30 days. So okay, we can actually know that what the user pattern of the, the criminal, so we can understand it better where it's hideout and all. Okay, next one, okay, it's a map, it's a location, the route that my user might take in the future, next day, next hour. But in the we only mark the hours, but in reality, it can go up to minutes accurate with the amount of data. And do good things. All right. That's, it. That's all for my presentation. Okay, thank you very much. Wow, impressive. Thank you, Dashpro. Thank you, Dashpro. So some questions about your, can I get the, the laptop? Oh, you want to plug it? That's fine. Um, so talk to me, what was the package that you were using there to do your machine learning? Actually, it's using a prediction algorithm. Right, which one? Uh, linear regression. Yes. So when using a specific of input, we can predict what is the next step. Well, probability, we cannot, we can't know exactly, but we can just predict 80%, 50%. But actually, it's a chance, right? It's a, it's a data to there for us to discover. And also, what I didn't mention is that in the future, we can apply classification. So by without user intervention, intervention, the Dash Pro is actually Dashcam actually can learn. Well, oh, this guy is double line crossing. Whoa, this term is not signal. Yo, I'm gonna report you automatically. Okay, very nice. So the questions I have are just can you briefly tell me the data points that you're collecting? So a user typing, tapping something is what you're training on. So you're training on an event. What events are you tracking? GPS. Uh, user input of a notification of a violation or some other uh, traffic or criminal violation because the user can put information in the system. Right? User, user can record and boom map. Yeah, I understand. So, what data points are you using in your machine learning? So, that's the question. Actually, it's, it's not from a single machine because it's like a, when, when most of the car have this system, it's actually a crowdsource. So it's not a single point of truth. We have multiple source of data to prove it. So it's like eyes is everywhere. Alright, do any of the other judges have any questions? Dashpro, congratulations. It was a great presentation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Hi everyone, uh, I'm Kuli Deng. Uh, we are from Three Pillows. Uh, today we are presenting about our vision that we built last 24 hours. We call it... Uh, what? BQ. Uh, so what is BQ? BQ is a cloud queuing system that integrated with IoT device. Uh, so why we... the time that we require to that we uh, when we are queuing we are we are wasting our precious time queuing is lame right so how how many times that we can how many that quality time that we can use do you think for example uh, uh, based on this problem we are introducing bq bq is a cloud cloud management cloud queuing management system uh, that we build based on Node.js and something uh, so okay. we are going to demo. Uh, when you, the moment you enter the premise, you press what you want to do. Uh, for example, I to renew my license. Uh, for example, this from uh, post measure, the uh, post office. Okay. Right now we we try to. Okay. Uh, we try again. Uh, sorry for the technical difficulties. Uh, okay. For now, I want to renew my driving license. So, uh, what you is. Uh, uh, tickets. Uh, you printed that out just now. Ticket. Uh, so we got the code. Uh, you can track the code. Uh, you can track the, your the, your current queuing position. So how many people are still queuing? Uh, and at the system, you enter the code. That's like queue smart. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Winners of angel. Uh, so you can see here uh, the current number and. Uh, Estimated time remaining before your position is here. So, at the time you can go to lunch, and when the time comes, you can go there, and hopefully your turns come up. So that's BQ. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, nice. So, so there is questions. 
So here's some other applications besides just, uh, so I get a number, can I, can I queue in remotely? Will it virtually let me put my name in the list? we don't support any remote queue. So we must enter the premise, then because we were, uh, we are worried about the spam request that we the user entered and they didn't come at store. Uh, and for the organization, this is uh, the benefit for the customer. For the organization, for the for the organizer, for the organization, uh, you can benefit from this uh, for for analytics. You can look, uh, you can see how much time that your staff spend for a customer and how much time interval that is. Uh, from each customer, so how much the time waiting? So from this data, you can improve your working SOPs and you can improve your business. Okay. Anyone? Any, any other questions? Uh, how many sensors do you need, or what's the distance before they can request a ticket? Uh, they need. They need to be there because the button is on the premise. It's so a physical uh, button. I, uh, I use this phone as a kiosk. Uh, so because we didn't have to touch the screen, sorry. So there's hardware involved. So what do we have here? We have a router, I see a printer, I see a phone as a button. What That's other technology button. do we have here at the table? A speaker. Uh, and a speaker. Uh, for, uh, speaker is uh, for the time when the when your queue is up, then your So? <laughs> text to speech. Ah, uh, yeah, text to speech. Mm -hmm. yeah, so it seems like you have a lot of stuff that you may, may not have a lot of time to demonstrate here. So, um, did you do any of this work before you came here? I mean, how much of this did you bring with you? Yes. How much work did you did you uh, do this all here? And the moment we entered the hackathon, we did everything from scratch. Very nice. Thank you very much. Team, what's it called? Three Pillows. Yes, Thank you. Three Pillows. Okay, thank you, Three Pillows. Next up, Curiosity. Team Curiosity. And Remed, Team 5, please stand by backstage. Get to speak into the microphone. Hi. All right. Can we begin? You can begin. Go ahead. Hi, everyone. My name is Melissa, and we are Team Curiosity. <laughs> Every one of us were born to be curious. When you were a child, you always wanted to know how things work and how it feels to go on the Eiffel Tower be on a cruise in the Caribbean. Now what if I told you that if money and time was not the issue anymore, would you let your curiosity take you to places you've never imagined going to? If the answer is yes, raise yourself, because our app, our app Curiosity, will let people from all around the world be your eyes 
transporting you instantly to the place you wish to be. Let me show you how our app works. On the landing page, you will see a list of countries with people broadcasting live. And if you click, let's choose a country, let's go to Malaysia. Here are a list of users who have installed our apps and are volunteering to be the traveler's eyes. Where do you guys want to go? Look, let's go to MYDD Kuala Lumpur. And now, Francis, the broadcaster, is um, receiving notification and we are now connecting live to Francis in Kuala Lumpur. Oh hey Francis, what's happening in Kuala Lumpur? I'm at a hackathon. Can you see everybody here? A hackathon? What? I can't speak. Somebody's presenting. I gotta go. Bye. Hey, wait. Well, that was a very short but interesting live feed, wasn't it? Now, we have a very special key feature in our app, and this is called the Curious List. You can add all the places that you wanted to go into this curious list. And once it is in the list, you will receive instant notification if someone is at that place broadcasting live. For example, in my bucket list, I would like to go to Tokyo. After adding Tokyo into my list, all I have to do is be patient and hope that someone will take me there. Hmm, there's a beacon here and a temper. And it seems like there's this girl, Melissa, want to visit this temper. And she seems really cute. <laughs> I should be her eye. Oh my god, is it really happening? Am I going to Tokyo right now? Christmas came early this year. Hi, Melissa. I saw that you want to come to Tokyo to visit the temper. Yes. Oh, did you do oh my that? god, show me around. Oh, Isn't it nice? This so is the temple we do at Tokyo. Oh my god, you are so lucky! Oh, Disneyland Bakery. I wish you could be here. It's already in my curious list. I'm coming, bro. Meet me there, yeah. right? Hope to see you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Well, everyone, that's curiosity for you. The travel site if you wish to go traveling. With curiosity, the world sets the screen away. Thank you. To, bro um, to live feed? Yeah. Well, I think it's all in human nature when you go traveling and you're enjoying something so beautiful, you want to just share it with the world. Even like Instagram, you post pictures, you post other things. Our app is different. I wouldn't say it's like Instagram because it's a short video live and it's just in the moment. You're just in the moment. And wouldn't you want to share your beautiful experience with anyone around the world? Because our goal now in the future is to create a smart city where everyone is just connected, happy, Together. Alright. Um, anyone else? Any other questions? Alright, Team Curiosity, thank you very much. Thank Great you. Thank you, Curiosity. We move on now to our fifth group, ReMed. And while they set up, please, Neko Neko, group number six, please make your way. Yeah, so two person. 
team remit, right? Ladies and gentlemen, we are Remas, and this is Noel, and I'm Percy. How many times have you actually opened up your medicine cabinet and realized you have medicine that's expired? I'm sorry, I missed that sentence. Say it again. Uh, how many times have you opened up your medicine cabinet and realized you have medicine that actually expired? My girlfriend throws it away. So what do you do next? So you actually grab it and trash it, throw it down the trash, or maybe dump it down the toilet bowl. I really don't want her to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure a lot of you are actually guilty about it. But do you know, before this medicine actually expired, a lot of people actually need these drugs. Personally, I've actually gone to orphanages, old folks' homes and stuff. They actually need, what they actually request for normally is common medicines that you actually have in your cabinet, such as those shown over there, such as ibuprofen and Advil. So this kind of constant supply is actually missing. So what we're actually proposing to do is actually be the missing link and build up the ecosystem that actually links the user with aspiring medicine to the proper channel. A quick Google search search will actually reveal organization has been collecting drugs the traditional way. And we also know drug companies actually donate medicine through their CSR program. So what we build is going to be an Android application. So when you actually purchase a medicine itself, what you actually do is you take your phone, scan the barcode, and it will be registered to your collections. So what will happen next is, as the medicine approaches the expiration date, a pop-up will actually show on the screen. And it will redirect you to the closest drop-off point, which is our Dropbox. So with the data that we actually collect from people buying drugs, we can actually display a heat map. The heat map will basically just tell you where to best place the location of all these drop boxes. Okay? So what we actually have over there is going to be the actual drop box. It's an IOT device that's powered by using the M2X technology. So it will actually monitor the environment condition, such as temperature, humidity, to make sure the medicine that's actually being dropped off in the box is kept in the safe manner. If it ever went beyond the threshold, an alert will be actually sent to the admin. 
Let's see Noel trying to donate a medicine to the drop box. So what he actually do is, he's going to utilize the barcode, scan the drop box, scan the medicine, and ultimately he does the donation. Okay, so in closing, so what we actually build up is going to be an ecosystem to promote the reuse. So basically, instead of the CSR donating the new medication, they can reuse the medicine that we actually have, or to promote the user to actually recycle the medicine itself. And second of all, they, we can actually collaborate with the manufacturer itself in order to do some sort of rebate system for the next purchase of the medicine. So in the end, it becomes a win-win situation for everybody. Thank you. This, this is um, about redistributing medicines to poor, underprivileged, or other people instead of uh, and creating an optimization in that network. Yes, exactly. So basically, we have the missing link. Because right now, the traditional method is similar to the Red Cross. What they actually do is provide some sort of location where you can actually drop off the drugs. But what we actually provide is going to be a convenience, which means in the app itself, first, it will remind you that you have a drug that's aspiring. So instead of wasting it, why don't you just walk to the close-by drop-off point to actually drop it off? Social mission. Yes. Like that. Um, so you're using IoT over here? Uh, yes. We have some Bluetooth beacon. I mean, uh, was, it, was it just using a QR code? If you, uh, okay, so basically we have two things going on with the Dropbox itself. So first of all, it's going to be their system that actually keeps track of the content within our Dropbox. So that is actually put into the drop, into the Firebase Dropbox that we actually have, so it shows the content. Can you put the the, the computer up back up on the screen? Yeah, thank you. And what is on the right hand? What are we looking at? Okay, so basically this is actually collected from the M2X, uh, M2X database. So we actually pull the data and present nicely in the Android apps. So you have two different ways of pulling the live data that we are collecting in the data box. So first, we are showing the temperature. Next is going to be the humidity. Okay, so then another thing that's happening is nowhere actually trigger a sudden change in temperature, a sudden raise. So what's going to happen here is, he's going to show you, I actually get an SMS to actually alert you. So the SMS is actually going through the M2X to go to a not server, not jazz server, ultimately send an SMS to my phone. Where is it? Oh, right. And okay. so if the temperature goes beyond a certain thing, you know to go pick up the meds before they go bad. Yeah, or monitor the meds, or know something's wrong with the meds itself. Right. And then you can also use this data to determine, like you said, where these boxes go in the future. Yes, because we have the heat map that actually shows the data. So the heat map, I can give you, yep. So the heat map is actually a cluster-based map. So it shows all the data of it shows all the data of where everybody has expiration date on the drug. So if you scroll up, we can actually tune the expiration date. Let's say if it's one month, we do not get any drugs. Then we actually extend it further to actually ping the user that actually have drugs that's expiring in six months. Hopefully they are charitable, they are good hearted and they want to donate the drugs. Any questions from the judges? Presentation. Oh, oh, Very you good. Ensure the, there's no tampering to the drugs before or you know, before they uh, donate. That is a really really good question. We actually investigated that. So that is uh, that is where we actually Google us and we actually realized a lot of 
organization has been doing it. So what they actually do is, let's say for example, Panadol, we actually check it. They actually do UV spectrography. I'm not a chemical guy. So they actually take one sample of it and actually make sure it's still the correct chemical content. So they have proper method to actually do it because we are not replacing the existing system. They have actually have this existing system. We are just going to be the mover. We just drive them and join them together. So we have the supply and the demand for the drug. Necessary, but the concept itself is very solid. I, I really appreciated your presentation. Any other questions? Yeah, Remat, great use of technology. I think I saw the use of uh, sensors. I saw the use of networks. I also saw the use of the IoT services, M2X platforms. So great job. Yeah, they did big data uh, with a Jupyter notebook. Yeah, actually used the Jupyter network. Yeah, yeah. very impressive. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's a, that's a uh, Search, 
and this is a map of the event. And from there, you can see where it is, and there's, once you touch it, take me there, and the path will show. And, and it simplifies how you search for things in events, in crowded places especially. So, the next thing is that uh, you'll definitely bring a friend or partner, invite them to this event. And most of the time, you won't reach that at the same location. You might come to the front entrance, you might come to the back entrance, and what do you do? That's when you navigate to the buddy list. So as long in this buddy list, as long as you have yeah, your partner's contact, and they're logged in as a registered user for our app, they will appear in your buddy list. So now you want to find your buddy in the event. So what do you do? When we touch on a buddy, let's say um, maybe your buddy is Paris with Wells, and then you touch it, and then it will send a push notification to your buddy. And then when he opens the app, his status will turn to active, and then we will actually detect its current location. And then when we touch on it, and the same thing, you can actually, the app will calculate the shortest distance, and it will navigate you to your buddy. So how does this work? We collaborate with event organizers, we use beacons, we pre-install them within the event area, and that's how we get the location of the users. So it's a very interesting way in order to simplify your, your navigation throughout the event. I have to stop you. Um, so, uh, how do you, you have to put the map, can you please put the video back up? I mean, the, uh, yeah. So, uh, you outline, you have to put this venue and the stall placement, you have to build this little map for, for the users. Yes, uh, when we collaborate with the procedure and then we get the map, we get, we put everything in there, we get the details, beacons, we pre-install everything before the event starts. So, when the user uses it, uh, it's all there, they can navigate it easy, and it will actually calculate the shortest distance, so the user can navigate faster. So how are you doing the navigation calculations? I mean, is there any science here? Is there anything that you want to highlight um, from a technology? It's based on a, on a beacon, and when the user gets close to the beacon, it sends the data to the server, and the server updates, and that's how you get where you are. So each time you walk, and you detect another beacon, and that's another... So how do you calculate the path? Uh, with a certain algorithm to get the, the shortest distance. After we get the, the, the data from the, the beacon. Yeah. Okay, is there any other questions? So are you able to make the beacon work with this table? Or just, uh... um, currently we, we don't have the hardware. It's just, right now it's just a concept, the idea. Yeah. So this, you sell this, you get the event organizer that uses. Yes. Like for this cost. Well, of course, when you collaborate, there's a cost there. But it, of course, it benefits the event organizers as well. I mean, using these beacons, we're actually giving data to the organizers as well. I mean, they, they can actually know how many visitors in the area in the event, or maybe they can know which booth has the most visitors at that time. So somehow we are actually helping them to get an analysis of the visitors that are coming to the event. It will help them improve for the next event. So the event organizer pay for this? Right. Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you.
Thank you. Neko, Neko, thank you very much. Next up, Team Eva. And Team Reflection, please stand by backstage. We have got another 14 groups to go. So in counting, about another hour and a half. So if we can keep to time at three minutes each group, that would be helpful. Once again, like Marco said, uh, tell us who you are, what problem you're solving, and demonstrate your app. Okay, hi everyone. We are Team Eva and we are going to present our app. The name is Eva. It's a personal event planner that talks to you and it's an artificial intelligence. Wow. Okay, so the pain point is like this. For major events, for me, uh, most uh, event programmers, professional event programmers, they only cater for major events. For example, hackathon, big weddings, and uh, corporate events. But for those family type of events, like birthdays, graduation days, reunion, or bus trip to somewhere, the event programmer would not uh, cater to you because you are some sort of a small fish or they will charge you a very hefty price for it. So what we do is we have uh, Eva, she will talk to you and she will discuss with you what type of event you want to plan. Okay. So uh, okay. So hello Eva. I'm very happy about it. I like the proposal. I like the proposal. 
will inform the relevant suppliers for this proposal on your interest. So Eva will connect it to the other uh, service providers and they'll receive our proposals and they will go on with it because uh, what Eva does is any successful uh, teams, sub, uh, suppliers have been worked together before, they will come as one package and Sorry, keep going. Okay. And uh, Eva will recommend to us and we feel that this is good for freelancers and small business owners because we give them a virtual market space to compete with other mature uh, uh, business owners because Eva will discover them. Eva will discover them by their ratings and by their price and by their quality. So what now? How does this impact us? First, if let's say I'm an elderly woman, I feel this is very user-friendly because I just talk to the AI. For like my mother, she also doesn't like to create her own air ticket booking because she finds it very troublesome. But if I can talk to an app and the app detects what I'm talking about, um, they can cater the event for me. Um, I'd like to let uh, my friend Jamping to talk more about his uh, R Cloud. Alright, bring me R Cloud. Okay, so basically what we do is that we... Do you have something you want to show on the laptop? Uh, all the codes are on R Cloud. You can find it on Jamping slash Okay. I, I drink green up because it's in the cloud. So basically what we do is that we chart all the algorithms and all the data sets in the R cloud. And then our um, algorithm, which is the artificial intelligence, will decide um, the best from each category like um, F&B, cakes, um, entertainment. And then we send the data back through the REST API using uh, R cloud. And then we we'll visualize the data as a proposal and we'll show it to the users. That's basically about it. So, uh, well, first of all, it's very impressive. So I have to ask some questions here. Uh, you know, it, what if, I mean, you say artificial intelligence, that means it can do natural language processing, it can do all sorts of yeah. other things, right? So yeah. how much of that is actually built here versus how much of that is uh, a demonstration of a potential technology? How much is ver real versus potential? Um, do you mean that how much is real as in does yeah. it work? I could, yeah, I yeah, could yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah. Can I say anything I want to it? Yeah, basically, it's, uh, it's uh, the natural language processing module. It's actually a uh, machine learning module, means that you can train it on the data sets and it can learn how to respond. Uh, if you have big enough data sets, you can train it on the, you can train on it and then you can use a lot of different kind of languages and it can, it can still detect what are you trying to say. It's called the intent model. Right. Um, so the question I have for you is, is where did you learn to do this? You didn't do, I mean, how much of this did you, did you bring a lot of this with you? Or was this your university student? Okay, this how is, do you know how to uh, do this, right? This is API we are using. It's, it's from um, API.ai, and we have mm. our team partner train the AI for us today, yeah. Okay, and what's the name of it again? Uh, API.ai, it's going to acquire by Google, so. Sure, it's acquired by Google. Yeah. Impressive, um, any questions? So we can go a bit technical if you want. <laughs> well, one thing at a time. Uh, is anyone... I mean, I, I feel like I want to give you a little bit more space here because if this is what I think it is, it's highly impressive, just the technical achievement. So I want to make sure that... So how much of this code did you bring with you from outside? None. None. <laughs> you did it all tonight. Yes. 
All right, let's give him a round of hand for that at the very beginning. Thank you. Thank you very much. If there's no other questions, uh, let you go. Thank you very much. Team Eva. Hey, Team Eva, great job on the live demo. It's not an easy thing to do, so good work there. We hope to share a positive message to you today. 800,000 die every year due to depression. Believe it or not, most of us here are experiencing some kind of depression. The symptom is you have low energy and you press snooze when your alarm rings in the morning. Good news is it can be fixed. Multiple research have shown that you gain psychological benefit and energy boost if you keep telling yourself positive message the first thing in the morning. We have built a self-healing mirror that motivates you to kickstart your day by giving you a reward. Let me show you how it works. Our alarm apps is connected with a mirror. Ah, I wake up in the morning. So, I turn off the alarm. Once I turn off the alarm, I go to the mirror to clean up myself and there is a positive message for me to read out. You love your judge. Your judge love you. You love your judge. Your judge love you. You love your judge. Your judge love you. So if you do this within five minutes from your alarm ring, you will get the reward. And yes, I just earned myself a Starbucks. What a perfect day. I'm ready to rock this stage. Woo! Woo! You get a reward. And company got their brand presented to the audience first thing in the morning. For big data analytics and machine learning, we are analyzing your speech and learn your mood on the go. If we detect that you are not in a good mood, we would not recommend you to send an email to your boss that day. The best part is, this mirror works with any extra phones or tablets that's lying somewhere around your house. It costs less than five US dollar and less than five, uh, less than one hour to build this. If you are trapped somewhere, something everyone call life, look into the mirror, listen to your infection. Thank you. Thank you. Can you look into the mirror? <laughs> awesome, dude. All right, okay, let's deep parse this down a little bit. Okay, so that, there's a smartphone behind the mirror, right? Yes. Okay, and the smartphone is connected. Well, she had an app too, didn't she? Yes. What was that? What was the connection between that app and the map app in the mirror? 
Okay, so that app is supposed to be an alarm app, but we just oh, make like it like an alarm clock of some yeah, sort. So yeah, so we just make it a trigger. Okay, it's yeah. a trigger, and then that would say, okay, wake up, so now the, it's awakening, it'll say you're there. Yes. But you could have put a proximity sensor in front of there as you stood in front of it in the morning. It could know it's 8 a.m., and it hasn't seen you in a while, and there you're somebody in front of it. Yeah. Um, so why are we connecting the alarm with the mirror Correct. stuff? Five. Because of the five minutes trigger. We doesn't want our user to press those. Oh, yes. I see. Okay, okay. So you're preventing them from going back to sleep yeah. because you're trying to avoid, make them avoid being depressed. So get them out of yes. bed. Yes. Okay, got it. Um, what's the connection between the Starbucks and the app? I mean, where does that fit in? I mean, okay. yeah, yeah, I got a free Starbucks for, yeah. for be saying a positive message. So, okay. uh, I know that it is hard for everyone to wake up uh, without pressing the snooze. So, we are trying to reward the user. We are trying to encourage the user to wake up without pressing the snooze by rewarding them with Starbucks. And this company are, are the first logo that our user is seeing. And according to research, something that you read, see, or hear first thing in the morning will have a lasting impact on your day. Okay, so uh, you talked about building this very cheaply and very quickly. What was that about? Okay. Actually, this is a photo frame. I just brought it with uh, 13 ringgit. And the glass itself, I used a tinted uh, solar film and placed it on, on, on top of that. So it become a two-way mirror. And let me show you. On the back, it's just a barrel tape where you can tape your phone, your iPad, or any device. And then it you automatically, magically turn into a smart mirror. Okay, that's cool. Okay, so, okay, what are some possible applications of this? Okay, I got my, I'm happy in the morning. Tell, take me to a place, um, what else can it do? I mean, what else can it, could it do in your imagination? Okay, so we visualize this can be a very social um, app itself. Because uh, according to studies, people get depression because of loneliness. So we, planted, uh, we plan to implement in future, if we have a chance, uh, to implement the social features. For example, an app user that wake up at the same time are able to message each other and give encouragement to each other. Such as family members? Um, it can be any random strangers. Oh, you. I think everybody needs the support. They need the encouragement. But who is going to encourage you better than yourself? It's actually a very effective exercise that is recommended by a lot of the psychologists and doctors to wake up in the morning, smile, and go to the mirror and say, yes, I can do it. I can win it. I, uh, I'm smart. Yes. Uh, but um, mostly all the people, they are like, too shy to do this. Why, why would I do this? It's uh, a little bit strange. So but now they have a reason to do it. The reason is Starbucks. So what's the voice recognition talking about this? You have some technologies down here, so walk me through it. Okay, um, yep, yep. probably I'll take this question. Um, actually, uh, I tried to search for a lot of APIs. Uh, we end up not implementing any of the API, but it's embedded, um, it's actually embedded system in any Android, and I'm just taking the input, and then analyzing, and then it's, um, it's something like the, just a text, a speech to text. Then I'm saying like, if uh, the text, uh, input is just uh, what we want. To, uh, the person is saying, "Yes, I can do it. I'm a winner." We are, um, and within five minutes, he woke up. Within five minutes, and came to the mirror. He said, it, uh, 
the strange way, it was in the very strength, then uh, he's getting awarded. Yeah, okay, thank you. Do any of the other judges have any questions? Which computer? No, no questions. It, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Castaway. Then your algorithm. Right? Even if there's nobody else to talk to, you can talk to your smart mirror, and you've got someone to keep you company. Right. Um, everyone all right? Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, team Reflection. Uh, guys, great ideas and, I'll open and it for you. possible solutions. Next up, we have Jedi Sense. And could team GoGo or GoGo team please prepare yourselves backstage? As we all know, this year our country experienced a number of flash floods in the urban areas and it causes massive traffic jams and damages. Our solution is to use water level sensor attached to a lamp post or any post to detect water level and transmit data to IoT Cloud and send alert via SMS and ways. We can transmit data via GSM model or we create our own mesh private network consists of LoRaWAN devices that can send data over tens of thousands of kilometers tens of, sorry, tens of kilometers away So, uh, let me do the demo You can turn up the brightness a little bit Sorry for the hiccups, because uh, we wanted to take a video of when we were doing the demo there, so that we can show how it looks like when we were on the table. Because we have designed the prototype, and we have connected it with the uh, um, MSP, uh, the launch port, MSP432, and we have uh, got results directly feed it to the, to the smartphone, and uh, on a real time, and when we when we have a water level changing, it changes on the, on the screen. So that's what the video is about. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, do you have any, uh, you built some hardware, where's the hardware? Okay. We are using the M2X uh, IoT platform and also the uh, MSP port. Right. Maybe I should show a little bit of the so wait, how are you measuring the uh, water level through resistance? Uh, no, it's even cheaper than that. We have just used uh, uh, connections, wires that are uh, that represent some stairs of levels, and we have three levels only. So it's low, 
medium and high. High is for critical. When high is hit, that means the civil uh, defense has to intervene. This is something serious. The level of flood gets high. And these three levels are just made of three, not even resistance, it's just wires that touch the water. And we use the principle of that water is a conductive material. So when the water touch the ground and the, the other wire that is on the top, that makes a connection and it uh, triggers the input of this uh, device. So we use the science that we learned yesterday from the workshop. Because we want to preserve that we came here with no prior knowledge of IoT. We have uh, done everything out of the blue. So Very nice. Yeah. Any questions from some of the judges? John, you, uh, you, you worked with this team a little bit, didn't you? I thought the video was interesting because it showed everything else you had. I was wondering where everything was. Um, the, we, you, you didn't really describe how it was, you're talking about the impacts in terms of social deploying it out. So the how and that was, there was, you had an analytics component in there for the, you know, the wide area, didn't you? Yeah, the analytics is uh, for uh, we have the statistics. Also, we have uh, graphs that shows uh, the, the, the history of how happened, what happened before, and what's happening in the real time. And there is a gauge. That gauge is like the dashboard of the car. We have a, uh, a manometer, something that goes up, like 200, meter, 200 millimeter is uh, flooded. And there down, it's a graph, that's uh, XY graph. And it shows the tendency, or water level, as if you can see it from this section. How, how, if I was a user, how would I find out if I wanted to go somewhere? Um, we will transmit the data to uh, Waze. Yeah. We will do the API. That's what you need about our yeah. uh, That's the use of the AT&T MTX, obviously, as well, right? knowledge do you have on the M2X and the uh, MSV 432 before you come in? Actually, zero. This is quite easy to use because I was the guy by the... It's so easy. So it's easy. very easy. Because I'm still learning my Raspberry Pi and Arduino to build something like this, but this is like in 24 hours. Less than that, we can come up with something. And it's real time. It's useful to get hands on for a first a beginner on IoT. So we were, like we were fast forwarded into the learning. And we were learning fast while using this device, the MDA, uh, M sorry, the MSB 3, for, uh, 4, 3, 0, 4, 3, 2, yes. By the way, we are actually university students, different universities, so I think we would maybe probably recommend this for, to our lecturers and uh, our team. But yes, uh, uh, so we were uh, this idea. Just uh, well, we, we didn't have time to go through the impact, like Mr. John said, uh, impact, social impact, because we thought that this product can be integrated to ways so that conductors, uh, users of the roads, can know which area is safer, safer for driving, and it can also be integrated easily because we know that in urban areas they have Wi-Fi all over. It's free Wi-Fi, and, and we can tap into that resource of Wi-Fi. So this device can work directly using Wi-Fi and communicate with the cloud, with the computer. And in future, we are going to incorporate with a landslide sensor and earthquake sensors. Yes, we can do it. Any other questions?
Yeah, what's the what's the the, the bottle thing the, right there in front of you? This is a, a demo. This is a prototype. Show that we are using solar, and this is uh, where the water sensor level. We are we have to be a MacGyver here. Sure. So, so you 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 you're creating your own power from the from the solar so, array that's yeah. up on top. Yeah, and then power up the battery. In the bottle. Yeah, using a using a power bank. This is to simulate uh, this device attached to a lamppost that show how yeah. how cheap could it be in the product. Yeah, exactly. No, no, that's that's this is how all great things start. They look inexplicable at first, and then rev two, and then rev one hundred, and uh, eventually you have something that you know looks like a product. But uh, you you have to make stuff that's a little bit glitchy and you know unrefined first before you ever get there. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for 24 hours, it's great. That's the before beta version. It's the archaic version. Okay, guys, we have to move along. But thank you very much. Thank you so much. Yes. A round of applause. Thank you, Jedi Sense. Next up, Go Go Team. Uh, wasn't. Wait, are, are, can you guys uh, write this in because on the on the sheet you're out of order on the sheet. Um, that was uh, Jedi Sense, and it says flood, uh, fuel watch. So let's just write Jedi Sense on that one. This was Jedi Sense. Today I'm developing this uh, app so called Robot Cleaner. App it is uh, to improve the efficiency of the robotic cleaning machine. So uh, what it does is just let me show you how the app works. And then my app will just upload and then it goes to this part. And the cleaning is just like uh, an area, something like this hall. It will be divided into zone equally. So it will be a something like a zone one. Uh, this is, uh, sorry, uh, sphere select. And if I say want to do this zone to clean it, uh, same done. And then, for example, this one is also yes. Yes, yeah, Done. And enter. So you will just uh, copy. This is the. Uh, how how I get this data is all these are generated, but it will not show in the proper release. So this is the zone and as a make preference. So after this is done, we can just go back here and main and go back to the same path to do another service request. So this is a benefits of the global cleaner is to divide it to improve the efficiency. So why we want to improve the efficiency because it can save energy and become more go green, save the money on utility bill and also this helps on human for example those places that needs to be clean but uh, is then endangered to the human like those toxic waste that need to be cleaned up and also those uh, places that is uh, like crime scene you or okay? other things that uh, okay? humans may not want to go there but these robotics can, can help with them. so another benefit is that this robotics uh, cleaner is actually helping the human be human to evolve in our uh, so-called uh, an opportunity to climb up the corporate ladder, like for example, helping the cleaners to become uh, their supervisor, so they are able to become the manager. So, so that's, yeah. So this is what I think that this robot cleaner help will be able to help and help the human in this coming uh, future. So thank you. Thank you very much. So uh, before you leave, uh, it's a couple of questions. Um, What's your background and experience? Because I, I, I saw you were struggling all night yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not a coder. I'm not a designer. 
So I just got this idea and tried to put it out to make it work. So somehow I managed to subscribe. So I made it through. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> right. That's fine. Um, yeah. What I'm more impressed is, what are you doing here? What made you think that you uh, could come in this room and yeah. play this game? I'm very impressed that you tried. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, because it, it, it inspires me because uh, everyone here has an idea, although we might face some challenges, but these challenges challenge us and motivate us to you know step further to continue to to try to achieve our objectives. So right. this is what I'm here. I'm sorry. He was a solo. You were by yourself. Yeah. Hold on a second. Listen, I, I, I you know, it's, it's not going to win. I can tell you that right now. No problem. But, so fun. Yeah. But, but wait a minute. I want the audience to hear this, and I want you to hear this. Yeah. Keep coming back. Keep trying. No problem. Yeah. Don't stop. Sure. Because it's that ambition that is the seeds of the great entrepreneurs. Is oh, that you. I, you believed in yourself when no one else believed in you. And that's what it takes to be a winner. So I congratulations. Everyone has the same thing. So. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Go, go. Great job, great experience. Congratulations. Fantastic. Go, go team. Next up, we have Repill. And could please, P. P. Dector. P. Dector be on standby as well. P. Dector. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good name. Let's be prepared. And just run it. No, don't worry. You can walk. Hello. Good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Ken, and I'm uh, my partner here, Bing Han. We are from number 11, Repeal. Okay, the problem we are going to solve is, we are trying to solve, is that uh, elderly people, they have, sometimes they have problems remembering taking their prescription pills. So what we are showing here is that we want to create a smart pill box to remember, uh, to help them remember to take their pills on time. And also sometimes if they have taken their pills a bit later or what, uh, the smart pill will also reschedule the time for their next uh, pills, uh, the time to take the next pill. So uh, what we have built here is that um, I have used Raspberry Pi, as you can see from the screenshot, to actually uh, at is to attach to the pill box, which I haven't done so. Uh, so this is a concept of attaching a Raspberry Pi to the pill box, which, which is a prototype, and it will be smaller, so that it's more compact. And what it does is that um, we have a button attached to the Raspberry Pi. As you can see here, there's a big red button here. So every time that uh, the elderly takes a pill, he'll press on the button, and actually, if you can see from the computer screen. Okay, every time it clicks on the button, uh, it will record the time that it takes the pill. Okay? If it, is it showing on the... Oh. Sorry. Um, yes, it's not magic. So let's recap, let's use this time while it's loading. So this is a digital pill box that lets you track consumption of your pills and reminders. 
Can we get the laptop video? Yeah, thank you very much. Okay. Okay, yes, uh, just to recap, uh, this is the, uh, actually you can uh, please switch back to the camera. The judges can see from the side screen. Yes, thank you. So basically, we use Raspberry Pi to actually build the prototype of a smart pillbox concept to remember, uh, to help the elderly to uh, to remind them to take their pills on time. So what what it will do is that every time they take a pill, they'll press on the red button, and as you can see from the screen, it will capture the date uh, of when they take the pill, and and for the next interval, uh, the we have an app, I'll show you later, and it will actually tell you the next uh, best time, uh, next correct time to take the next two. Also, um, besides that, uh, we also have a function whereby uh, we plan to have it connect with the Bluetooth module, as you can see here, which is to actually um, use the proximity to detect whether they remember to bring their pills along with them, if in case they went out uh, to somewhere like outside of, uh, outside of their uh, hospital or house, something like that. So now I will demo the pill. Eh, sorry, I will demo the app. So pretending that I'm the elderly, I forgot to take my pill box, and uh, I'm going out. So yes, no ding. So uh, it also can connect to a Fitbit or something like that to detect my heart rate. So as I go out and I forget my pill and actually show uh, yeah, notification that, okay, oh, I forgot my pill because uh, it loses a connection with the Bluetooth on my phone. So I actually remember to go back and collect my pill box. And we also attach here a Bluetooth uh, speaker, sorry, uh, just a speaker connect with the uh, cable and to actually alert with a sound to remind them to take their pill on time. Um, we didn't manage to really uh, complete the whole prototype that we wish, but uh, we managed to set up uh, the, the fundamental uh, technology in need to hope to complete this project. Yeah, okay. I guess that's all. Any thank questions? you very much. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. So did you attend the class this morning with John? Uh, the, pie, the Raspberry Pi class? Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, what you use? You didn't use Pies. Sorry, what's the question? We're using TIs. Oh, Texas Instruments. Did you attend the session? They had a session this morning for no, I didn't. IoT. Okay, just curious. Um, do you have any questions from any of the guys? I have a question. So, what's your uh, what's your ambition? Where, what do you what would you like to see this do? This project? Yeah. Uh, what I really hope to uh, this can do is that uh, to because uh, I find that this is a problem for some elderly that they sometimes forget to take their pill and. The more they forget, the more they, their health deteriorate and the further they can't remember to take their pill. So hopefully by using technology, we can actually help these elderly to have a better uh, life experience even though they are already senior and yeah, things like that. Right. Alright. Are there no other questions? Uh, just a quick comment. Great idea by the way. Congratulations. Uh, what you may consider is if it's an elderly, chances are they may not see the text. So you could send the text to your daughter or the son and you know, they could call and say, hey, mama or grandma, you better take your pill. And, and Thank you, I put. Thanks. All right. Thanks great so great idea and great uh, concept. Well done. Nice point. Thanks. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you, team. Rebuild. Up next, P-Dector.
know what to do. Um, yeah, and win, win the prize. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. This one. Do you need the project from here? Uh, I do not know. No manual. Uh, it'll be this phone. Okay. Everything is here. Okay. Uh, Just make sure. You record last year. You need the laptop. One point two five million road accident. No, just this one, right? Why did you tell me to bring my laptop? No, no. And now, which you need this to control it, right? It's due to green so, we tried to stop that before they bought the cars. Meet Edison. Edison, he is a fun guy. He had a great time in the club. And after some drinks, he decided to go back. And before that, he wants to pay a visit to the toilet. Okay. Um, in the toilet, we have urinal. And we put it sensors on them. That packs. The alcohol level of Edison, and on top of the, oh. the screen, can we get the there's a, the billboards that actually, um, sorry, the video, the app yeah, in the video. Yeah. There are fun billboards um, that give information on whether Edison so actually stop driving. It's not showing, sorry, it's not showing on the screen over here. You have a, you're not doing mirroring, you're doing a second screen. Drag it over. Left, right, okay, there you go. Restaurant choices. That's, and when Edison's paying, that will turn into an animation. Okay, so the sensor went in the water. Yeah. What so happened when we, we, we water? do not have the gas, uh, the alcohol gas sensors, so instead we use the water sensor as our patient. Sure. Yeah. So, so it does some fine. Measures. So you're showing advertising while it's being. No, this is not advertising. Advertising are the, are the static. Oh, this is your these are messages. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I just said, get to go. Yeah. So, so after that, we detect the, the alcohol movies. So that uh, we can get a notification from Facebook Messenger. So from there, uh, Uber send a notification, the offer to the I'll be presenting. Uber back home. So the question, we have quite a polished presentation over here. How much of this is, did you build here tonight? You built the sensor here tonight, or did you build the app previously? No, uh, we built other things. Yeah. Yeah. Built everything here. Yeah. Then the, In the group. The presentation uh, one, has to work. One has to work. Online tenor. Go back because it's not free anymore. So, so how do you connect the dots? How, you, you drank, then you went to the toilet, and then the yeah. sensor. The sensor actually installed the arena. And the urino connects it to the yeah, urino. Urino. On top of them, they show the ads. 
and it turns into personalized information about whether the user should drive or not, based on the alcohol level. Okay, okay. Um, firstly, congratulations. I think it's a great social cause you guys are trying to eliminate, so yes. well done. Uh, and um, um, may I have, on, on, on another hand, the advertisers can also utilize this thing. Say, for example, the taxi app, Uber, they can... But you're not using this stuff. Yeah, their no. services from Just to transmit. Okay. I would challenge you to don't think about this. If, I mean, if he's the guy who's drunk you guys the and he's the one who wants to drive, you think he's going to listen to an app and may or may not. Yeah, you just make so sure you may want to send that to his friend, to mom, to dad, to, you know, other guys there. But this guy is drunk, he should be driving, and they're all getting his feet red, and, and so there's a peer pressure there. So, you know, this is something to consider, but great idea. Yeah, actually we want to uh, put a chatbot, it is a chatbot, we want to uh, send to their friends, their mutual friends, so, so that to remind you, don't drive. Exactly, it's a list you can set up on an API, you know, you transfer that same message to deliver a peer pressure, he walks out of the bathroom and the girls are saying, dude, we're not going with you. Yep. Well done. Thanks. Uh, any other questions? All right, thank you very much. Peabot. Thank you for the disturbing image. <laughs> right, and now we have Actio on stage. Could Team APU please be on standby? Your gyro sensor, your SLR sensor, 
readings, and then we take those and then process those. What we do, we process them. Um, there are two streams. One is live stream and one is um, batch stream. So basically, um, with that, we could give um, analytics on your lifestyle, on your behavior, on your progress of um, how how progress. So imagine that we could apply those um, in more fields, just like uh, sports analytics. Um, sports analytics and um, rehabilitation progress. Um, we could even do that in sport, um, human behavior studies. So what it does, um, what we have here um, is, a, is an app where we, we actually take um, the real sensor data um, uh, from the repository. Um, of course, we don't have time to record all this new sensor data. Um, we we um, aggregate them and pre-process them. And what we do, we, we, could, um, set, we could apply machine learning up to the vibration and accelerometer sensor that they have. And then we, we could actually um, improve um, this suggestion of what, what they should be um, posting. Um, so I understand the concept. Uh, you're using big data or machine learning to uh, analyze human behavior through accelerometers and other, um, other metrics, uh, other sensors. Yes, sir. So what are some of the conclusions you came with? So what, what comes out? Um, basically, uh, this this app actually it will give insight of your uh, it it gives predictive of uh, human uh, chronic disease. Right. So where do you get the name based on disease? So um, we we got it from the cross-cultural disease. Uh, it's not really chronic disease, but it's like a cross-cultural how how um, given like a sample. Person. They, they were given task to do 19, 19 um, actions and then like, they were recording from the five sensors at the same time. So this is, app is really less about uh, interface and more about data. So I see you said that you're using Jupyter Notebook and Python. Do you want to show us the Jupyter Notebook? Um, is there anything you want to share with us? I, I, I don't have it with me, uh, but um, what, what we do um, is that uh, we, we actually we translate those uh, and then we just kind of we have to call them like by address before we apply the spark of data regression. Enjoy it. So right, we have to train. Yes, that's correct. Any any questions for uh, Team Action? All right, thank you, Team Action. Uh, this is my third year at NYDD, 
And honestly, it's not going to be my last time, sure. And the reason why is because at every year at NYDD, we build ideas. Ideas that are actionable. And the idea that was actionable that we thought we could do was to turn Kuala Lumpur just a little bit more smart. We want to make our city the next smart city of the world. Ladies and gentlemen, we bring to you the sixth sense, the application for the smart city. Now, a lot of you, a lot of you might ask, what does it do? So there are several key features of this application. Firstly, it controls the environment. Uh, not the weather, the environment. So in public facilities, if you were to go to a public facility, you should have, as, as a member of the public, a right to say whether you want the light fan on. It's a very, very simple thing. We can do that. Say, for example, you don't like the way the city's run. You think there should be more information around. Just like the World Wide Web is full of information, so should your city. So we're going to turn Kuala Lumpur into a hive of NFC data points. We started with two. We'll get more. We'll get more. Now, this is also a public reporting system. It is a matter of letting everyone have their say. Big data, anyone? It is built on Firebase. I'm sure everyone knows Firebase. It's a versatile cross-platform that allows us to build you know, things on the cloud solar. And you know, without Firebase, we would never have come as far as we've come today. Today, Firebase powers both our web app and our Android application, and we are able to read and write data from Firebase to our device. Sorry, from our devices to Firebase. So all the way from Adreno to the web. It also brings what's near you even closer. What do I mean by that? Virtual reality. Now, I'll save this one for the last in our demos. Right, that's fine, that's okay, it's fine, we have more of them. I'll keep that, I'll keep that for the end of our demos. The judges have one pair anyway, so that's ready. And what we're going to show you guys is an application that, turns, that is able to turn a city into a smart city. So here's how we're going to start. Now, obviously, we run on NFC. These little babies, these NFC tags, and how they work is pretty simple. So, what you essentially do is, you open the application. Once you have the application open, you're ready to scan an NFC tag. Now, these NFC tags are planted everywhere, from public transport to public facilities. So what's, what's going to happen if you can't one? <coughs> the big thing, boom, here we go. The Kuala Lumpur Convention Center LRT station. This is straight from Firebase. Now, what if I want to know what's near me? Interesting. We'll get back to that. Now, aside from that feature, if we go back to our app for a second. Now, we also have a feature that lets you contribute. Now, this is our public reporting function. So if you try to contribute, what you will be directed to is a menu where you are given criteria, which you can fill in. How would you rate the service provided? How would you rate the cleanliness of it? And does the area need maintenance? This information is fed directly to our web system, wherein you can keep track of the all places available, we call it the Internet of Places, rather than the Internet of Things. And you can check out the reports made, just pull out the reports. For both of us? Yeah. Yeah, this is all the reports. And you can see all the reports made for each location and what they say about the cleanliness, accessibility, and whether it needs maintained. It's pretty simple. The next thing we have also, and something we really want to demonstrate, is our Adreno. Now, sorry, Adreno, it's Raspberry Pi. We started with Adreno. 
Now, built on Raspberry Pi, not our own secure way. I've been saying Arduino to her so many times. Now, this Raspberry Pi system can be controlled from a smartphone directly. And what you can do is you can turn off the fan, turn on the fan, turn on the light, and turn off the light as a demonstration. Your fan is going, right? The fan is definitely on. We can't see it, but okay, uh, just we trust that the light came on. Okay. And you the can, light went off. The, the light's on, don't worry about it. I guarantee and this is linked because of the NFC? Yes, it's not because of the of Firebase. Because what happens is the, the Raspberry Pi is communicating to Firebase, and so is the Android app and the website. Right, and how do they sync up and choose the right channel? Is um, from the NFC tag? I'll probably leave that to my technical expert. Yeah. 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 Well, let's move along. You're running out of time, so let's yeah. get to the demo. Yes. Well, to the VR. There you go, right on your table, you will see one's been set prepared already. If you want to open the photosphere that we initially put up on screen on the uh, on the application that you can open it with, plug in your headphones, turn up the volume before you you might want to open that turn up the volume actually. Uh, you might want to open the Google Cardboard and just turn up the volume. Do all right. Want to turn up the volume or not? Hey, what do you see? That is actually a okay. okay what do you see? Good question. What do you see, John? I'm in the mall or in the MTR station. You're actually in the KLTC LRT station. Actually, if you turn up the audio, you hear something very interesting. Because what I did at approximately 10 a.m. this morning, I went to the KLCC LRT, and I caught a guy doing something very interesting. He was singing, wasn't he? What song was he singing? She listened. I'm looking for the musician. <laughs> so if you guys want to check him out, on the way out, if you ever pass by the LRT by Avenue K, the musician's right there. We helped you discover it because Kuala Lumpur is a smart city today. Thank you very much. All right, thank you very much. So, so I'll just pick up my cardboard later on. Oh, there's the music. This is the map. It took some hunting, but I found the music. The idea behind it is essentially it's a, a snapshot of reality. You see a picture 360, but you hear audio consistently. It's actually very relaxing. This is Paul Thank you. Right. Thank you very much. Any questions? Um, well, okay. So you're talking. So let's just summarize this for you. Um, you are uh, building a um, virtualized tour slash experience for people who uh, want to dig deeper into virtual places. Well, the real places virtually. Uh, I wouldn't quite say that, actually. I would, I would say we're upgrading the experience of the city. We're providing another dimension to understand the city with information and with virtual reality, because we believe all technology can be used. NFC, R, you know, RFID, Arduino, or Raspberry Pi, or whatever it is. We can use it to make our city better. That's, quite, that's why we believe it's smart cities. It's really ambitious. I, uh, I want to just point out all the different things you have going on is what makes it ambitious. Um, any one individual thing is kind of interesting. Okay, fine, but you kind of mashed it all up. You did this all here tonight? We did every single bit of it, and we're very, very tired. We haven't slept a bit. Okay, so uh, any questions from any of the other judges? Nice use of Firebase, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the presentation. I understand it's a bit better. I did. Yeah. Um,
already filled up mine. Yeah. User or tourist get to the place that has NFC tag, and tag it, and then I can put on the goggle and then get immersed in this environment. Is that correct? Uh, it's it's correct in a way. It explains the technicalities of it, but it doesn't explain the idea well enough. So I'll I'll just go through what that means. What we intend to do, as I mentioned, is is through a network of NFC tags, make Kuala Lumpur as a city an interactive city. So that that's the end goal of this. Now I know in 24 hours is very difficult to even getting this much done is very difficult. I'm sure we've bugged enough people in this room to say that it is very difficult for us. But one day we do aim to bring this to the whole city because we do love Kuala Lumpur. It's LRTs and it's rainforest both. Any other questions? Thank you very much, Team APU. What's APU stand for? Right. APU stands for Asia Pacific University. Uh, if you guys are watching, uh, hi APU, I'm sorry I deferred my semester. I'll be back studying as soon as I can. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, Team APU. Up next, we have Fuel Watch. Team number 15 on the list. Earlier, I called out for Team Dips. Are you around now? You were not here earlier. Dips. Yeah? Okay, you're here. Could you please stand by backstage? Uh, Thank you. Don't get your VR. And there's another one on the counter. Right there next to the Okay, 
and then uh, let's see the overview for the app. So in this overview, you can see the uh, current fuel price, the reminder, and also uh, we have some smart suggestions. So let's uh, let's first look at the. So you're making recommendations there about uh, routes and so on. Yeah. Uh, so let's first look at the. Um, so this is the history by month of my. This is that uh, dummy data, and uh, as you can see, that we have a uh, mileage and the total of money that I spent on fuel. And then uh, let's look at the suggestion. Suggestion. Okay. So uh, we also have we also have a have a uh, have a interesting features that uh, the the date uh, the application will will adjust your route to save you more fuel. So for example if you so the app will tell you the app will know your route if your route is uh, have uh, have lots of yields and it will and it, and it, and it will uh, you know change change you to a better route. Okay. So going back to the next. So um, uh, so in this application also we have the link where where you could link to your families members and then you could compare your fuel consumptions with other of your families. So we could also see at the bottom we could see that the total of eaten family spending on fuel at this month is three hundred and ninety ringgit. Alright. So any other features since your time is up I'll give you a last chance to highlight anything else you'd like to talk about? And we also have uh, several uh, several things that we couldn't finish up, such as notifications. And um, uh, if you if you have a if you have a you know punctured tire and so on and so forth, but we couldn't finish up the features. So, so um, very nice. Thank you for uh, your efforts and for coming out and participating in our hackathon. We appreciate uh, young people and the ambition is what it takes. You have to believe in yourself and you have to keep going. I remember we talked earlier and I was like, oh, I'm not so sure this is an idea that I like. But you saw it through and you continued and you went anyways. And that's the spirit of a hackathon and that's the spirit of an entrepreneur. So I want to applaud you for that. Thank you very much. Don't let somebody like me tell you no. You keep going. <laughs> yeah, I you're going you're gonna to hear a lot of no's though. <laughs> Thank you. Um, any questions from anyone um, on, the, on the trenches? All right, Team Fuel Watch, thank you very much. Come again, keep trying. Thank you. around 
their current location or any location of their choosing um, for any uh, events, alerts from the sensors, potential floods or fog dreams, uh, you know, you want to avoid these kind of things. And on the other hand, we also have an API. Um, we plan to allow uh, governments or other software developers to use this API. Uh, they can integrate into their own projects, uh, Waze, um, Google Maps, uh, whatever you can think of. And I governments can use this to... I want to make sure you told us what it does. Show it. Show it. Oh, all right. Uh, in a minute. Um, just uh, pay attention to the screen. Uh, we, we are doing a, a emulating, uh, emulating on the desktop. Alright, so here's the main screen. You start off, yeah. you start off, you see this map. This will be your current location. Uh, and it will show you uh, events around your area. For example, there is uh, heavy flooding, flash floods, and even at the bottom there, a clock green, for example. And uh, if you use the, the navigate function, you can go to a specific location. For example, here, um, uh, Lembaga, I, I actually I forgot, but. Uh, yeah, uh, we're going to go Alambaga Peladang. Alright, now let's say you want to go here. And then you can choose a radius of how wide of an area you want to receive alerts from. Uh, and here, for example, you can see there's a heavy flooding in Jalan, Jalan Parliament. Uh, uh, you can see the flooded area we highlight with different colors to uh, indicate varying degrees of uh, risk of flood. Now, you see, I don't think it's going to get confused. We don't have a hundred percent accuracy of flags. This is potentially no, accuracy of flags, and that is not our main objective. Our main objective is that we detect flags. That's just it. And uh, we have a report feature for the user to report their own experience if they see a flag and they were not alerted. They can alert the app themselves, and we can use this to and alert other users. And last but not least, we have a you can toggle the setting which allows the app to alert you even though you are And that is our main idea. Thank you. Alright. Can you beat the clock? Can you beat the clock? Congratulations. Thanks. So you're, this is a, uh, how does it gather the flood information? Alright. Uh, there will be two types of sensors involved. Um, one is to detect water. And we don't simply alert the moment we detect water. We, uh, if it takes water for a certain amount of time, let's say six seconds like that, then we know for sure that the water is at that level. So that's one indication. Another one is a pressure sensor to, uh, to make sure that, yes, there is deep water the, uh, currently collecting the air and potentially overflowing the, overflowing the drain. Alright, any, any questions from the judges? Great job. Thank you. Thank you. All right, thank you. Dips, moving on. Team 17, Price Watch. This sounds like something that's going to be kind to the pockets. And also, could I please have Movi Mento on standby backstage? Closing in, just a few more peaks left. While we wait for the team to set up, just introduce uh, My name is Adrian. Uh, uh, Aslan is the iOS developer. Uh, 
so far as the back end. He's not replying. I already told him that. Eight o'clock. Palani. I don't know. Price watch. Yong can actually. Are you Did going you know to KFC? Did you know that there are actually thirty thousand products in the Tesco store? And did you know that there are actually three thousand stores in in UK alone? Think of the number. We live on the other end. Okay. Three thousand stores. Imagine replacing the price tags. Each and every one of them for a sale. Labor intensive, time intensive, printing it. And if we ask if we can. Alone, 600 million price tags were actually printed for reduced cleaning. If I carry them, I'll be carrying three bags already. So what we're presenting today is IoT price tags. It's a Kindle e-paper that actually displays price tags. And it only costs as cheap as USD 10. Coupled with the app that we've built. I can't carry three. Yeah. Coupled with an app that we've built, it's a consumer app that scans the barcodes and allows the checkout to be done on the phone itself. Oh, my extra bag also. So what we can do is that we can actually dynamically change price tags as and when. We can do flash sales by e-commerce websites. Bringing online flash sales Where got offline. Here. Imagine one ringgit, 12 o'clock on a Monday for Coca-Cola. We can do that on a physical store, and we can actually change with a click of a button, all products, all stores, just by a click. Wow. So, basically we also uh, scrape competitive, uh, competitive pricing in terms of products, and we can actually offer you uh, lowest prices in terms of products and actually change it on the fly. So we've actually incorporated a QR code. So, what you're seeing on the right side is actually the e-paper. We didn't have an e-paper, so basically we're simulating that on the phone. And what you see on the, on the left is actually the consumer app. So what happens is that this barcode can also hold information like an expiry date of your favorite apple, coordinates of the farm where the apple was from, information that you never had because you never know where the apple was from or when will it go back. So things like weather, we've actually incorporated weather. When it's raining, what we can do is that we can actually increase prices on umbrellas so that, you know, if you need an umbrella to take home, it's 19 ringgit now because of the rain instead of 10 ringgit. So the data science part is um, um, Dr. Hafiz actually used Orange and uh, we had parameters uh, from the inventory like stock level, expiry date, time of day, day of week, competitive pricing, minimum pricing, maximum pricing. And all these data sets crunch together to give a weighted value in terms of give a weighted value in terms of maximizing profit. Let's join our team. This is Manisha, this is Azri, Shukri and Hafiz. So the problem that we are trying to solve is to facilitate 
the uh, quality life for the Alzheimer patient. Why? Because Alzheimer, they have a short-term memory and they tend to easily forget when they are walking. They are wondering where they are right now. And then they forget the way home. That's why our apps, that's why uh, the family members do not want to keep to lock them in the house because they want to give a freedom for the patient to move around. Our solution is to help the family members to make sure that the patient is in the safe place. If they are going somewhere and uh, outside the perimeter, our apps will notify the family members by using the wearable technology, which is now. Thank you. Okay, uh, judges. Actually, think that we done currently pretty much very alpha stage. Think that our vision actually is to create a wearable technology. So here, actually, the one that we have actually is a working version of early, early prototype that we create less than 24 hours. So what we have here actually is a Arduino Mini Pro uh, linked uh, to the uh, gyroscope and LoRa and GPS module. Okay, the GPS module actually to make sure that the patient that have been wear this one have been kept inside the parameter. So as a subscriber, let's say I'm buying this set, like you're buying a Nest of Google, right? So you have a one gateway, one available technology that can, one available technology that can be fit into the patient. So this gateway will be installed inside your house and connect to your current Wi-Fi. And then this available technology, wherever that the patient go out of the perimeter, like perimeter fencing, so it will notify the family member. And then, it's not only collecting the GPS location, we also collecting the thermometer, uh, the temperature. As you know, the temperature, thermodynamic model, is, uh, is uh, what we call very linear, it's not really uh, fluctuated. We are using this uh, temperature uh, to to insert into the uh, into the uh, cloud to analyze whether the patient is inside the house or outside the house because the temperature inside the house and outside is uh, different and we also have a gyroscope here to detect the patient fell down we have the algorithm there okay but this one uh, we made because at my age of kids what 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 you all put together the last twenty four hours well I think she's right I'm sure he's right. The last 36 hours, because you've been up for, for a while, was just incredible. I, I can't believe that each and every year it gets better and better. First of all, I, I'd like to thank the staff of MCMC. You know, without the, the staff, this would not be possible. Thank you. And, and I have to thank Dr. Ali. What, what, a, what a great partnership this has been. Can you believe four years? And it's, I, I really, it seems like especially we were in the basement of the Weston Hotel. <laughs> was, was anybody here in the basement with us? Look at this. Four years, guys. Thank you. Uh, without your support, continued support and efforts, this just would not be possible. 
You know, at AT&T, we pride ourselves on innovation. And the best way we can find innovation now is looking out and seeing what our, our developers are putting together. We're able to bundle that with some of the things that we're doing, and, and it really helps build the ecosystem. So believe it or not, 125, 130 years ago, we were two guys in a garage. Now we're AT&T. So it's just a great opportunity to each and every one of the teams. You know, who knows? You could be the next great multinational company. So, uh, so good luck. I want to thank a very special person. Actually, two special people. John Mulligan. Some of you don't realize, John has been up for two straight days, maybe a little more. So John put together on his own two coding sessions yesterday. He did one in the morning, one in the afternoon. I know some of you snuck into the morning session, so you might hope to snag a TI board, which you did. So that was very smart thinking. But John, thank you for teaching. You had 65 students in the morning and 69 in the afternoon. So, all of you developers, beware. There are more coming on your heels, so it's only going to get, you know, stiffer competition. But what an opportunity to learn from each other. So, John, thank you for that. And John brought a special person, uh, Aaron Mulligan. Yes, they're related. Aaron, can you uh, wave? Thanks for helping out. Sandy Verma, who flew in this morning from New Zealand to uh, mentor and help out. Sandy, I want to thank you. Yeah. Mr. Christian Lilly, McKenzie Digital Labs. Christian, thank you for the third year in a row. We really appreciate your mentorship. And, and so Christian lands from a project and immediately comes here. Uh, I'm not even sure what Tressa, well, I don't want to know what your wife didn't say to you for leaving. But he comes in, what was it, 10, 11 o'clock last night, jumps in, starts helping all the developers. Christian, thanks. Re really amazing. <laughs> I know I saved him for last. Who, who, who should we really thank? Marcos. Wow. Marcos, thank you. And I'd also, last but not least, the Fleischmann Hilliard team. Really behind the scenes, but they had a lot to do, so thank you. And their special consultant, Ben. Ben, thank you. So, Dr. Wally, thank you. Uh, thank you, for, uh, uh, As uh, I would like to echo the same thing, uh, I would like to thank all of those who have been involved, uh, who have been instrumental, who have been very supportive uh, of the event right from the beginning. I think Jake was involved uh, from planning stage nine uh, in the discussions until we got this uh, happen uh, uh, throughout the, the Carlton Lodge uh, uh, event, the bigger event. And uh, again, as what was mentioned just now, this is the fourth year that we're doing, and there's no turning back. And we hope that we will actually be moving on, moving forward, and uh, we can start to actually plan and talk about for the year to come, for 2017. And uh, uh, when I look around, 
uh, I can only say that uh, it's full of, uh, it is still, after 24 hours, it's still full of energy. And I can see a lot of potentials uh, on the faces of uh, each of you participants. And uh, after you know, listening and uh, sitting down during the presentations, uh, there are a lot of potentials. Uh, we can help out further. We can actually help polish, we can help, help to actually uh, offer in terms of all the assistance that will be needed in terms of uh, further mentoring, further coaching, and also if uh, need be, we might even uh, can also assist in terms of grants provided and so forth. And uh, uh, needless to say that uh, uh, we won't stop here. We would like uh, the collaboration to actually go on further uh, so that we can have more developers and uh, uh, what, what I can say, uh, what I can see just now, the challenge is actually when you have the idea and you want to actually uh, develop an app, I think the challenge is that that idea of yours, you have an idea, but it so happened that an app is already there, it's already there in the, mar in, in the, markets, in the marketplace. However, the thing that makes you different from the others is that the details, you, know, you can actually work on the details so that the app you are developing, there is something unique to it. So that people can still say, ah, that, that will help me on my daily life, on my lifestyle, on my smart city, on my smart community, that kind of thing. So, uh, uh, again, I would like to thank all of those involved, uh, uh, Marcos uh, uh, and then the team, uh, uh, as uh, Jake mentioned just now, uh, on MCMC side, we have uh, Puan Akma, and then uh, we have uh, Laura, and uh, Rafael and uh, uh, most of them here. And then we had we had our mentors as well, our judges as well. Uh, without them, we won't be able to have the results for today. And we might not be even uh, we might not be going back yet until we announce the, the winners. So again, uh, thank you all. Uh, uh, I think uh, I would just would just like to say that everyone, even though you won't. You might not be getting uh, the prizes. You are all champions of your own. Thank you. I think there's a really good chance we'll be back here in 2017. And one thing, we teased you this year with our cloud. Next year, expect some more data analytics. Start practicing. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Ali and Mr. Jake Jennings. May I please request for both of you to remain on stage as we'd like now to present our judges and our mentors a small but important token of appreciation. First up, I'd like to call upon our esteemed judges on stage to kindly receive these tokens of appreciation and mementos. Please put your hands together for John Tay. Our next judge is Kristen Lilly. Next, please put us together for Jeffrey Payne. John Mulligan. Yeah. 
and Sandy Verma. As well as Rostam Hashim. Last but not least, and as well. And of course, we saved the most special for last, Marcos Lara. <laughs> Marcos, this appreciation is also in your capacity for, bring, for being a mentor to all the participants at this event. We'd also like to give out a token of appreciation to mentor Noraiza. As well as a very special thank you to Eric Go. your judges and mentors please give them a round of applause for the undying support lots of effort and a lot of love that's been put into this <laughs> and now all smiles for a group picture that's right thumbs up MYDD <laughs> thank you thank you to all our judges and mentors, VIPs, please kindly remain on stage. Thank you, Ari and Mr. Jake. We move on now to the grand announcement of our winners for today. Before that, I've got a quick reminder. For the winners, you'll be taking home cash prizes. If you need, of course, you want to get your money, you'll need to see Jake at table number one in the front over there. So make sure once you get your voucher, you need to see Jake to fill up those forms to get your money. Otherwise, that's not going to be possible. So keep that in mind. Ladies and gentlemen, we begin today's award presentation ceremony with the first awards, which are an opportunity of a nano-degree scholarship funded by AT&T and Uda City, available in the massive open online course or MOOC format. In no particular order, these are the five winners. Adele Maratova. Girl power, I like this. Congratulations. Our next recipient of the Nano Degree Scholarship, Chong Jianping.
that guy, yeah. One, one member of the team. No knowledge of mobile and the final recipient for the Nano Degree Scholarship today is Dara Tumin Bayeva. enough to also throw in 1,000 US dollars. 4,000 ringgit. Okay, well there's also uh, AT&T has provided that money and the scholarship or rather the six-month mentoring comes from Golden Gate Ventures. Sorry, miscommunication here. Nonetheless, the recipient for this six-month mentoring by Golden Gate Ventures is, any guesses? Curiosity. Team. Curiosity, you're also the winner of the best app for lifestyle category. Yeah, this one. This one, very good. Very good. Very smooth presentation, man. Six months, six months of mentoring by Golden Gate Ventures, one thousand US dollars in cash. That is the winner of the best app for lifestyle category, Curiosity. In the next category, best app for community or smart community also takes home 1,000 US dollars in cash. The winner is Remed. Our court system. Can we go home? Well deserved. 
Two categories down, one last category remaining. Best app for smart city taking home 1,000 US dollars in cash is Price Watch. Great job, guys. Congratulations. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. was a piece of the salasin.10 podcast area it is hoped that you have enjoyed it if you have any issues please feel free to leave a comment through any of the channels that was a piece of the salasin.10 podcast area 
It is hoped that you have enjoyed it. If you have any issues, please feel free to leave a comment through any of the channels.